Hello, just a quick bit before this week's episode to let you know that we have a Patreon you can subscribe to if you like what we're doing here and you want more of it. You probably already knew that. We don't stop going on about it. What you didn't know is that you can currently get a little free trial so you know exactly what you'd get as part of your subscription. You can head to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in the show notes to get your first seven days free. All you need to do is pick which tier you'd like a free trial of. The Biggest Mates tier is the one that has all the extras in it. And then for seven days, you are free to listen to any episode we've released in the last six months. You can cancel any time or just leave the subscription rolling if you like what you find. It's charged monthly. And during any month, as part of that Biggest Mates tier, you'll get ad-free episodes of this show every Monday. You'll get a brand new episode of our new Manic Street Preacher show every month. Two episodes every month of The Ultimate Playlist, our themed playlist show, where we talk about all kinds of different music, different artists, different genres, different eras, and one or two bonus episodes every month, depending on the length of the month. That's two episodes every week. There's also other tiers to trial. One that is just the Manic Show and ad-free What Is Music episodes, and another that is just ad-free What Is Music episodes. But hey, if the first seven days are free, why not try a bit of everything? Plus, all tiers include access to the exclusive subscriber-only Discord where we discuss the shows, the bands we've covered, various music topics, and loads of other stuff, including some games that the friendly community have devised themselves. So head on over to our Patreon page now to claim your free seven-day trial. Go to patreon.com slash whatismusicpod or follow the link in our show notes. See you there. Don't be cautious, don't be kind You committed, I'm your crime Push my button Anytime you got your finger on the trigger Put your trigger fingers mine uh, Fizzy drink uh, I corner I really, that's such, such an alienating start <laughs> to, well, I mean, to the new season uh, proper but go on what have you got what have you got well, I've, I've got, got diet I've, coke the uh no i've got well since uh you know again the bnm around the corner recently opened lots of right. options for tat great i've got uh strawberry millions fizzy drink <laughs> okay cool and so for for Jesus. you know it's gonna be Billie, awful billy eilish uh you i mean know, you know most, it's gonna be popular gross. in america i think so that is bnm is what dollar tree and uh, fizzy drink is soda. Is that right? Yeah. Do, do we need and, to do and, this whole and, episode? And, and millions. Yeah. And a million. Uh, a billion is a yeah. thousand million, not a million millions. Yeah. And we're from the UK. Because that's also Which I think you guys might know as the, the one that left the EU. Oh, <laughs> the cesspit from We don't hell. talk about... We don't talk yeah. about... All right, okay, cool. Hello, uh, and welcome to What Is Music, a music podcast about music. We're a podcast that focuses on discographies in their entirety, doing deep dives on one artist at a time. You join us for the first proper episode of season three, which is called Should I Listen? A critical analysis of the history, cultural impact, and music of Billie Eilish. We're going through her entire career, album by album, track by track, asking questions like, does context matter when you're listening to music? Does knowing the history of an artist affect your appreciation of their output? And this season, we're of course asking, should I listen? Uh, And to be clear, we're asking, should I listen to the musical artist Billie Eilish? Not should I listen to this, the third season of our podcast, which is called Should I Listen? To which you are now listening. I'm Adam Scott Glasspool. I'm joined by my co-host Steve Murphy. Are we regretting the season name yet? I really am because that's a horrendous start to every episode. Yeah, hi. Uh, and and of course Lucas Way. 
I'm regretting the fizzy drink choice because it's gross. Yeah, okay. well, no shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's yeah, and again, soda. Yeah. Uh, sure. Why do you assume all the listeners are going to be American? Most we of our are, listeners are from the UK, of course. On our quest to answer the question, "What is music, guys? What do you think music is?" It's a tear falling from the eye of a of a sad child. Jesus on a, Christ, on a wistful Sunday afternoon, just looking out at the at the sea. Beautiful, mm. Steve. Pleasant, nice times. Lovely. How are you guys? Pretty chilled. Pretty Never. not chilled. Oh no! Why not chilled? <laughs> yeah, oh, just the just the global pandemic of it all. Yeah, it's, the noise uh, of life. Yeah, it's just gotten back. It's just I'm just I was very, been very relaxed about it for about eighteen months, and it's finally gotten to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's now that you're feeling the stress. Finally, in December yeah. 2021, it's finally actually made. No, oh, Lucas, God, this is terribly bad. mistaken. This is the 10th Sorry, of January 2022. So 10th of January 2022 of course. Which means the pandemic's over, so I feel great. Absolutely, yes. Because on New Year's, I mean, obviously, as we all know, New Year's Day ended. That last minute uh, fix that we all found it was weird. The, it was like War of the Worlds. The virus got a cold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then just sort of fucked off back to the planet where it originated. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah. yeah, interesting. How are you doing, man? Fine. Good. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, quite a lot to get through today. Um, we're going through the discography of pop megastar Billie Eilish from three different perspectives. Me, very analytical, deeply into the, the artistic context of music. I'm also a fan of Billie Eilish. Steve, is this fair? You're moderately thoughtful about music. You've become very confused about what you like about music over the past yeah, two years I of doing this podcast. Anymore. And you're a bit of a Billie Eilish fan. Yeah. Lucas, very little interest in the artistic nature of music. And you Don't mostly... Don't say very. Don't say very. <laughs> you can see music almost solely as sort of entertainment or background sort of stuff. And you also had no notion of who or what Billie Eilish is or was until we started this podcast last week. I think I knew that she was American and that she yeah. had green hair at one point in her life. Excellent. And, 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 she, did bon- and she did a Bond song. Yeah. Great. <laughs> it's interesting how three seasons in that the dynamic hasn't changed. There's all I'm in the middle. Well, yeah. What, are you expecting our like fundamental personalities to change just because we do this podcast? No, about um about about the artist. Well, I think uh, I think me and me and Lucas we have changed. We've just become slowly more and more polarized <laughs> from yeah. each other as we like go deeper into. I love art and deeper into I don't like art. <laughs> like, I don't just... not. You're really tarring me with a brush. Nah, um, yeah, I think that's good. I think we should all tar each other with many brushes. Because uh, okay. I'm a pretentious uh, wanker. And then, Steve, <laughs> you're also here. And I just, yeah, uh, and all I like is like, all I do is just sit at home and watch popcorn movies and eat. Yeah. And eat takeaway popcorn. pizza. Popcorn. And, and I have no depth. And you have that, that t shirt that says, this I love popcorn. Is this the bit? You're it just does. mainly a popcorn guy. I'm a popcorn yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. This week, we are going to explore the early days of Billie Eilish, her first music releases, and we'll go track by track on her first EP, Don't Smile At Me. Shall we just sort of start... Longest EP I've ever heard in my life. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get we'll get into that, don't worry. Uh, uh, previous seasons, our first episode tends to involve about four, four some, to yeah. six tracks. This is an album's length worth of tracks we're listening to today. Well, yes, well, that's, you know, that's an interesting sort of thing. It's also sort of... Uh, look, we'll, we'll get into it. We are getting we're, into we're, it. We're, we're reverting back to... This is to, us getting into it. <laughs> we're reverting back to the season one dynamic where I'm going to give you a lecture uh, <laughs> and you can ask questions at any point, but it is discouraged. Okay. Oh, okay. So I forgot uh, that this isn't a podcast <laughs> and isn't a season. It's just a series This is not supposed to be fun. 
Okay. This is a Ted, okay. a Ted M talk. If you could M stop smiling for music. Ted music. <laughs> mm-hmm. We should do a season on Ted music. Yeah. Ted M. Yeah. <laughs> Can anyone anyone remember her birthday? Can anyone remember her birthday? Who Billie Eilish? Yeah, we did this last Why week. Why would it last matter week? to to this? We're going to start at the beginning, Lucas. I said we're going to start at the beginning. Oh, we're going to start at the beginning. So her birthday is uh it's in some depressing year. I bet it starts with a 2. Oh, yeah, it does start. With oh a two, god. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's born uh, on December the 18th, 2001 In Los Angeles She's named Billie Eilish Pirate Baird O'Connell Her mother, Maggie Baird Is a teacher and an actor And I was actually talking to her the other night We were just having a, a lovely back and forth conversation uh, But I was playing as Commander Shepard uh, And she was Samara in the Mass Effect series of video games Is that... Is that her mum? Yeah, that's Billie Eilish's mum. She's Samara? Yeah, 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 yeah. The matriarch? Yeah. What? There you go. Cool. It means nothing to Lucas, because, uh, Lucas, you've got you've to play the Mass Effect games, my friend. I haven't played the Mass Effect good. games. They're very good. Yeah. Me Nor do you... I know anything about Billie Eilish, so I'm just staring at the screen. Completely. Yeah, this this episode has you've nothing for you so far. Yeah. Uh, her father... Patrick O'Connell is also an actor, and both her parents are musicians. She has a brother older than her by four years, so still born in 1997, uh, who's uh, Phineas Baird O'Connell, known mostly just as just as Phineas. So, her mother being a teacher means that they were sort of homeschooled, and as such, had slightly more innovative lessons than perhaps you and I had, or you would find at a mainstream school especially in terms of like fostering and nurturing creativity. They had specific lessons on things like songwriting. Uh, Billy herself was especially interested in dance and acting and music. Um, actually, when we when we cover the film, The World's a Little Blurry, you'll see the kind of environment that, uh, that they grew up in. Uh, we covered this a little bit last week, but it bears repeating just because uh, I find the ages to be very impressive and we'll get on to age in a little bit because maybe I shouldn't find them as impressive as I do. But Billy mm. started playing the ukulele at the age of six, performed in the Los Angeles Children's Choir at eight and wrote her first proper song at the age of 11. And I think at, at the age of 11, I wasn't even feeding myself. <laughs> we'd, we'd, we'd met. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. how that's how yeah. Adam was getting fed, and that's why I just really suppressed your creativity because you met yeah, me, and you could have been him. writing and performing your own song. But oh god, this guy's bringing me down. What were you up to at the age of eleven, Lucas? Uh, well, I was finishing primary school. Amazing, yeah. And then going to se- and that's then very going, late, and then go- no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, I was in year eight into- at the age of eleven. No, you weren't. You finish school at 11 and then go into year seven. Oh, okay. at right. 11. I'm, I'm in year seven at the age of 11. Yeah, and then you go into year seven. Granted, sure. I was a young, I was one of the younger kids in my year. Uh, I was probably doing a lot of skateboarding. Cool. Oh, cool. Very cool. I was doing a bunger, man. I mean, I, I, that's probably when I discovered uh, music that was like of my own choice, would have been secondary school, right? You go from primary school to secondary school and then make some choices about music and meet new people, make some new friends. And that's probably sure. what I got into. What, what I like, were your got choices? my first, like, Green Day album or like, sure. a, Blink or like a Linkin Park album. Oh, yeah. Limp Biscuit was a big but thing for me at the we time. Had Limp Biscuit and like yeah. Papa Roach and stuff like that. Whereas prior to that, in primary school, it would have been whatever is on the radio. I would have had a Robbie Williams album or a Steps album. Yeah, we hadn't met uh, yet, Lucas. Uh, it's worth bearing in mind that we are all 
big mates. Uh, me and Steve have known each other since we were 11. Lucas, we met you at college, so we would have been like 16, 17, yeah, 16. something like that. Steve, you and I used to make films when we were 11. We did. Yeah. We, uh, we had a... We had a <laughs> Like a sketch, a sketch show, show called, oh, two I mean, Pil- called Two Pillocks and a Camera. I mean, who yeah. didn't do some kind of like, I mean, everyone did a jackass, right? But oh, we like totally ate Everyone, stuff, everyone yeah. threw like, themselves on. down some stairs. Yeah, oh, yeah we had a jackass yeah, we had, as well. We had some trolleys and, you know, yeah. jumped into bushes and, you know, uh, did the, the, the uh, thing where you spray too, deodorant in a two litre bottle and set it on fire and spray it in someone's faces. We've all done that. We've all, we've been all done there. it. We've, we've all run all... over a man. Yeah, we've, we've all, all run over it. a man and filmed it and sold it on the internet for it's, money. It's what you do. Uh, yeah, snuff films. When we were 11, me and Steve used <laughs> Just... to make snuff films. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, like 11 year olds do. <laughs> yeah. Just kids playing around, filming deaths. Uh, <laughs> Billy also tried a bit of acting and like went to some some auditions, but didn't really like take to it. Uh, she did some like background voice acting, which she quite liked. I think she can be heard in crowd scenes in Diary of a Wimpy Kid and some of the X Men films. Uh, so that's sort of uh, fairly interesting. But she was always going to go into something creative, and I think her main pursuit was dance. She was very very serious about dance, and I think that she was going to want to become a professional dancer until a hip injury at the age of 13 put a stop oh, to her just pursuing dance seriously and we're, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves but um she sometimes links a lot of her mental health issues and mental health struggles to that specific injury saying it kind of sent her into a hole began a period of self-harm and gave her the impression this is a direct quote from her that everything i've ever loved i've had to give up so that's just a fun uh, quote <laughs> wow. to sort of start yeah. the, the season yeah. with. Just a cheery. <laughs> big In 2015, Billy is 13, Phineas is 17, and they begin to write songs together. Phineas is already working as a writer and a producer and has his own band. He even has a manager. They write two songs together, but kind of not actually together because Phineas wrote a song called She's Broken and Billy wrote a song called Fingers Crossed and they worked on them together and then just sort of stuck them out on SoundCloud and I cannot find them. And that's, you know, otherwise we would be kind of... We'd they're nowhere. There must be somewhere. That there must think, be somewhere. You'd think, but I'm going to be honest... A lot of tracks to get through. I didn't look that hard. Have uh, you? Did you <laughs> Google it? Have you checked LimeWire? Uh, oh. I haven't checked. I'll, I'll bring up LimeWire at the end and see if they're on there. But I have a feeling they might be mislabeled, and I'll get something else. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Billy was still kind Our of dancing through her injury, taking <laughs> taking classes <laughs> at the Revolution Dance Center in LA, uh, and her instructor asked if they would write a song to which Billy could do some choreography. Phineas had written a song for his band called The Slightlies, but realised that it would fit Billy's voice a little bit better, so he gave it to her, and they worked on it together. They recorded it in Phineas's bedroom. Phineas produced and mixed the whole thing. The dance instructor needed access to it, so they put it on SoundCloud so that the dance instructor could listen to it. And that was uploaded on November the 18th, 2015, one month before Billy's 14th birthday. The Slightlies is the most standard band yeah, I really I've like ever it. heard in my life. <laughs> also, Adam, if you do say the word, the so the uh, dance instructor could listen to it. Thank you. Oh, I see. Yeah, I'm not going to do that for the whole episode, man. I'm not. Just, I can't. <laughs> I would. I, I would hate myself within the first ten <laughs> yeah. minutes. Um, the song that they uploaded is called Ocean Eyes, uh, and oh, is sort of 
widely regarded as Billy's first release because in the first two weeks of it being on SoundCloud, it gained hundreds of thousands of listens and shares. It just kind of instantly went viral. Uh, it's obviously on the EP that the exact version that was released to SoundCloud is oh, wow, on the okay. EP that we're going to listen to today. So we will talk about it a little bit more when it actually comes up in that context, I think. Wait, wait. What was that name of the song? Ocean Eyes. I thought you said Ocean Size. Okay. okay. And I was like... <laughs> And, and, I was and like, it, didn't, it didn't trigger any sort of connection that, oh, maybe yeah. I've misheard that. No, maybe I was like, hang on, I've missed the song. Party favour? <laughs> that kind of sounds like Ocean Size. It wouldn't be this song, Ocean. No, it's not that one. Hostage? <laughs> Wait, what's that? There's a song here called Hoz. Taj, but that's yeah, yeah. Hostage. Okay. Hostage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've missed another one, mate. Uh, <laughs> off the back, you know, understandably, if a song on SoundCloud gets hundreds of thousands of listens in a couple of weeks, Nations. that generates some interest. Uh, so yeah. off the back of that, Danny Ruckerson, who is who was Phineas's manager at the time, reaches out to Phineas to talk about Billy and her potential. And in January 2016, when Billy is 14, Phineas and Ruckerson work out a deal with an A&R company called Platoon via Apple Music, who specialise in working with artists before they gain a major label. Apple Music of Beatles fame? No. Apple Music of Steve Jobs' fame. Oh, that Apple Music. We're that yeah. recent. This is 2016. God. This yeah, is not, not the Apple, 70s. Yeah. No, I know, but I figure Apple, I figure Apple Music, it's the what? record label, is still around. It was it dissolved not? in like the 80s, I think. Oh, I didn't know that. A, a series of very poor business decisions uh, on behalf of Paul McCartney oh, uh, and idiot. the rest of the I Beatles. he's got no money now. Well, all of the publishing rights for his songs were, of course, bought by Michael Jackson. Yeah, I know. So Michael Jackson was making a lot of money we'll off the Beatles. We'll cover that in season 12. Season 12, Should the one I... after, yeah. Should I beat? Huh? Alls. Um, yep. Thought you were trying to do a Michael Jackson thing. No. Well, yeah, you could have done uh, the Beat It. Beat It Alls. Yeah? Which is... <laughs> so we're doing a season on the Beatles slash Michael Jackson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think, do both. yeah I don't yeah. think we've got enough episodes in there, so we should probably <laughs> smush them together, yeah. Yeah, not enough content. The Beat via, via, <laughs> via that A&R company... She is assigned a publicist who then works out deals to get her a stylist and a contract with Chanel, who both contribute to her image going forward. And already, this is an entirely different world to the artists that we've already discussed on this the podcast. The fact that you just mentioned that one of the first three things that happens is let's get you a stylist. Yes. Immediately and, makes me go, what? And a brand <laughs> deal with Chanel. And it is that Chanel. Yeah. The luxury fashion brand Chanel. But I don't understand the And world. this is after hearing one song on yes, that's SoundCloud. Correct. Yeah. Jesus Christ. What like as soon as something's picked up, it's just they're just shot through the industry, aren't they? Like a, a kind well, of quite disgusting all, all this happens when she has just turned fourteen. It took me years to get a brand deal with Chanel. <laughs> <laughs> And here she is, waltzing in at the age of 14. fucking waltzing in, 14 years old and getting it. <laughs> Not the hard grafting you had to do. I had to work so hard. But yeah. that, that, is, that is a good point, Steve. And it kind of brings us on to a little tangent, which I would like to explore, which is the fetishization of youth in the entertainment industry. Mm. Because what, what were you guys doing when you were 14? Masturbating a lot. Skateboarding okay, a lot. Great. Okay. So that's what I said. That's what I meant. Yeah. Okay, that's what yeah, meant. yeah. 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 
What did I say? I didn't know who the fuck I was when I was 14. Yeah, absolutely fuck all is, is the answer, really. How would you like have reacted to be, uh, to be given a stylist and a brand deal with Chanel? <laughs> I think I'd crumble instantly. Yeah, I, mean, I think I would as well. I think I would have become a wanker. Well, it seems like that path was... <laughs> <laughs> there seems to be a kind of narrative in uh, especially female solo artists that they, they come in as this young, innocent, mainly from Disney, um, yeah. virgin character. Um, and they're kind of marketed as that almost because they then want to turn them on its head into a sexual being later so it's controversial and them grinding all over the stage. I'm not saying that Billy's The Miley like that, but, Cyrus uh, yeah, the, the, trajectory. Uh, yeah. Uh, Britney to an extent, I guess. Uh, um, but, well, Christina Aguilera against her, well. Against her will, lest we... Oh, absolutely. There's a whole other story there. Yeah, yeah. Can't not be mentioned. Um, and then, of well, course, yeah, the Miley but, Cyrus trajectory is entirely her will as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But there seems to be that kind of narrative through that where, where you're right that people seem to be obsessed with, oh, my God, look, she's so young and she's... Well, that's like that is such a a commodity. Like our culture in general makes like both a sexual and non-sexual fetish of youth and, like you said, innocence and beauty. They're like they're commodities, right? Is now this is probably me just not being very um. It's it's well worn territory on this podcast that I am I consume the least music and like specifically mainstream like music oh yeah you are very cool yeah yeah. i'm very favorite bands uh, muse yeah i which as we (laughs) as as we categorically decided at the end of that season that they're uh, world's biggest cult band band. yeah of course cult band so uh, don't worry about it Um, oh did i say cult (laughs) oh oh yeah oh i get it yeah i get it you meant to you meant to say kurt yes and i'm actually talking about nirvana yeah Mm. um bits um, that's probably but, the world's uh, biggest but, Kurt band, isn't it? Nirvana? But I have, yeah. but I have Kurt Vile, uh, Metallica. They got oh, a Kurt Hammett. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah. Hammett. Anyway, shut up. Um, Just shut up, everyone. I the whole thing of like you're saying about they like the sexualization of of youth. I don't necessarily I, I don't necessarily see that as something that is particularly prevalent. But that is because I consume so little pop music. I like yeah. when when you soon you mentioned that I went oh like Britney Spears like that's yeah. my point of reference is something that happened in like two thousand and one right something. she's in she's she's in the schoolgirl costume yeah at the age mm. of like seventeen or but eighteen I, or I, is she that was still doing common that with I don't like the biggest artists of today female artists specifically when did they largely start up and were they in a similar way sort of paraded I mean, on that's, stage that's such a broad you know, uh, like scope of artists there, you know? Um, Are you saying, I mean, I guess it's not, I guess it's not uh, just female artists, I guess. I mean, you guess you've got like your One Direction who were kind of well, exactly. similarly. I mean, I'm not, I'm not even necessarily talking about solely sort of like sexualization of pop music. That That is like a whole separate uh, issue. It, it, fetishization isn't necessarily sexual, mm. you know? Yes, it's, true. It is, it is a want in the music industry. And, you know, uh, you know, you brought up One Direction. The the power of teenage girls can never be underestimated. Yeah, you know, I mean, they, they stopped the biggest band in history playing live. <laughs> right, we yeah, exactly. The power of teenage girls to to power our light bulbs. And then, oh right, God. but but you know, they, sustainable they, 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 clean energy. They, they, they yeah. dictate trends and fashions, and especially in the age of social media, um, a lot of marketing is geared towards teenage girls. But yeah, they're I so guess. often like sneered at. 
by like the rest of the music industry. Like a great put down of any film or music is to go, oh well, it's made for teenage girls. Like Twilight. Like Twilight. Yeah. yeah. Or I Justin win. Bieber. I said it first. <laughs> or Justin Bieber. Yeah. 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 And there's a really or, great, or One like, Direction. Or there's this insane. This is this is this is like such a tangent. This isn't really anything to do with the fetishization of youth. Like when Taylor Swift released 1989. Uh, which is probably like her biggest, maybe most famous album other than Red. Um, Pitchfork, one of the most sort of influential uh, publications on the web at the moment, just did not review it. Just flat out re- kind of just refused to review they it. They were like, we're, 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 we don't stoop to this level. We're above this. Yeah. However, when Ryan Adams covered that album as a whole, they did oh, review God. that. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. And it's just sort of like, it's like this historical pattern of things Things made for teenage girls just kind of being disregarded by, by the wider whole, which is wild because you're right, Luke. Like without without teenage girls, I know they stopped one of the biggest bands in the world playing live, but also they made that they made yeah, the yeah. Beatles. They career. made Beatlemania. You do and not so I, have the Beatles without teenage girls. And so I guess yeah, and, and, and it's weird how like you see a lot of times artists will, in an attempt to legitimise themselves, they will distance themselves from that image that they've had for years. So Harry exactly. Styles will go solo and not pander to his sort of One Direction crowd. He will try and go his own way or you go can back, go your own way which is famous here harry Styles song yeah uh, exactly or mm-hmm. like you know go back even way more years you've got like charlie simpson from busted who like specifically goes and starts like a hardcore band to... way right. more years and then you only went to busted i thought busted you were gonna go like i bet i bet busted started 20 years ago oh uh, uh, I bet if you look at like you know, formation date, I bet it was nearer to twenty years than fifteen <laughs> the, or ten. Bust, busted are eternal. They're still going to be around in like nine hundred years. Well, well yeah, to, well, until exactly. the year, yeah. year three thousand. Yeah, right. yeah, but like, <laughs> yeah. and that sort of thing, isn't it? If like go go a separate way and try and distance yourself as a way of f- feeling like to be legitimate, you have to distance yourself from that whole like. Yeah, although I've audience. seen a sort of flip side to that coin, and I've seen it more and more recently, and I think it happens a little bit with Billie Eilish as well. Um. Adults who listen to music made by young people tend to overcompensate their praise because of the artist's youth. And it it sort of happens in, like, two ways. You're saying Billie Eilish is overrated? Um, <laughs> maybe. Maybe I am saying that. But, but what one way is, is people come at it and go, like, wow, that's amazing for a 16-year-old. Which is exactly what we've been doing when we talked about it. Every exactly. time you said she was 40, she was exactly. six. We're all we going, go, oh wow, God, that, that person's so young. That's amazing. Yeah. For a 16-year-old. Which kind of then takes the like the art out of context with other art. It creates this weird thing where, like, okay, well, this is music made by you know artists. And this is music made by 16-year-olds. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah. It kind of segregates them from, from the rest of the pack. But it is which, hard not to do that because, yeah, it is genuinely it is impressive. Someone who's yeah, yeah. had so little life experience and time to absorb music and other things yeah can, can still write something really good you go wow that's really impressive because when i was 14 i was still listening to lincoln park yeah 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 i mean incidentally uh we'll get on to later billy eilish listened to lincoln park as well but she was five i mean you uh, can tell so- you can tell <laughs> <laughs> and then the second way of doing that is is i think a lot of people compensate for being outside of the demographic as if to kind of say like i know i'm not the intended target and perhaps I shouldn't even be listening to this, but it's just so good that I'm listening to it. And it's almost like an excuse that they feel guilty for listening to such young artists, I think. Well, and, it's- I, and I remember that happening with not just about youth, but about pop music. When when we were sort of of an age where it's all about bands, 
Mm. Yeah, and there's in, in, in sort of that Proper younger age, you're like, I band. don't listen to pop music. I'm yeah. my own person. I listen to underground stuff like Linkin Park. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and the, like, I remember the and the first and the first like dips back into pop music I made as like a teenager or like a later teenager. I, it was definitely like there's a lot of justification going on. Of like, oh, but it's really good. Yeah. Like, I was, I was yeah. talking to a friend about this the other day. I listened to a, a Gwen Stefani song that I remember we used to like really jam out to when we were like 15 or something. And how we like were like would sort of caveat it so much of why we enjoyed it so much. Right. Okay. And it's kind what, of the same what? thing of like of <laughs> yeah. like feeling like you have to legitimize it a little bit before you say, I, I just think it's good. Exactly, exactly. And and I think that's gotten really like much more apparent apparent in, in the the rise of like stan culture i suppose where and i think we saw it with muse a little bit where the stan twitter for muse is lots of of young people and we are not part of of that demographic and especially in regards to your take on fandom lucas at the end of last uh the, the end of last season at some point i think you kind of grow out of being heavily involved in what we would now call stan culture yeah, I, I felt I felt like I I felt like I I no longer have as much of a place in the f- yeah. fan community of my favorite band because you of- you you grew out of that band's core demographic and now you have to enjoy it in a like almost a completely different way to what is now the majority of their fan base. Yeah. So there's that odd sort of disconnect there, and I think it happens with new artists as well. I think there's there's an odd uh, disconnect, and people feel the need to justify why they like young artists so much and it's oh it's not because they're young it's because they're so good but actually maybe it's not because that you know and that's all very general but the only reason that i sort of bring this up is because phineas and billy were in touch with managers and lawyers and cogs of the music industry from a very young age i think the closest thing i can even think about is is a similar thing happened with arctic monkeys over here but on a much much smaller scale and in the music industry in general another thing that adds to all of the stuff we've been talking about is there is this kind of we got there first mentality in the entertainment industry especially the music industry and it's about planting a flag in a talent before anybody else does because then if that person does break out you're making money off them rather than anybody else yeah are you talking about from the industry side, not fans, yeah. not people going, I've known them since their first Yeah, demos. I'm talking about the industry, yeah. And, and unfortunately, what that leads to is there are countless artists and countless stories of artists who were signed by a publisher or a record company, really young, 15, 16, 17, just so that they could shelve them and then forget about them. And, and, and they get put in a binding contract that they can't get out of, but, but the people holding that contract won't develop that artist. It's just so that they own the rights to that music so that nobody else does. Jesus. But then if they don't develop it, what's the point of owning it? Because if you're not going to make them big, then the stuff you own isn't worth anything anymore. But, but nobody else no can. No one else can. Because, because art in the music industry is a competition. Yeah, but... And I'm going to win. It's a race. That makes no, that makes no sense. <laughs> like, I get if you want... Yeah, you want no one else to have it. But, 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 but if you don't develop it, then it never exists because it never has a chance to blossom. Hey, man, look, I'm not going to claim to understand it. You know, uh, it's often marked up to the idea that the person who was signed just kind of didn't have the talent to break out. But I, I'm actually not convinced uh, that that's always the case. Anyway, well, the, I had the, I had buckets of talent. And yeah, exactly. But you're in that fucking label. contract and they won't let you release yeah. anything. But you had your Chanel. Um, you got the oh, Chanel. Totally, you still got the Chanel me, money. Took me long enough. Yeah. yeah. The way that this relates to Billy is she's one of the few that broke out. And I, I think that's because it is a family business. Like, her mum and dad 
and her writing partner, who is also her brother, are all entertainment industry savvy and kind of had, had her best interests at heart. And were able to kind of temper the expectations of large record labels, if you see what I mean. Which is good because she's about to really like blow up. A music video for Ocean Eyes is put out on March 24th, 2016, and it kind of gets the ball rolling on like worldwide coverage. Zane Lowe, BBC One, KCRW, Annie Mack, they all have a hand in progressing the success of Ocean Eyes, no doubt helped by the fact that they are working in partnership with Apple Music, and Zane Lowe obviously is on Beats One. I don't know if that was happening at this time. When the fuck did Beats say, One It's so recent that it's Apple so Music recent. is a platform yeah. that exists. Yeah. So soon. <laughs> a couple of months later, on June 23rd, 2016, so this is only five years ago, uh, Six Feet Under is released onto SoundCloud with a music video made by Billy herself uh, and edited by her mum. Uh, and a couple of months after that, in August, she is officially signed to a record label by Justin Lubliner, who founded the record company Darkroom. The signing is with Darkroom and Interscope Records, and Interscope Records is a smaller subsidiary of the absolute fucking giant that is Universal Music Group, or UMG. They very specifically work on a plan to develop Billy in a way that doesn't focus on like a handful of songs or like initial singles, but focuses much more on creating a distinct aesthetic and persona for her. They are marketing not Billy's music, but Billy. The idea of what a Billy Eilish is. What a Billy Eilish is. <laughs> this I is like, obviously uh, in tandem. And I, and I guess that is the sort of thing that, yeah, that really taps into the youth like the younger audiences they are much more likely yeah. to to attach to that sort of thing that whole image 100 percent, and yeah. mo- and mirror them you know mirror they can dress like her they, they can, can dress like buy the clothes can, that look like yeah. her and dye yeah. their hair like her and... it's a very powerful tool and it's one that's used in hip-hop a lot you know uh, aside from pop solo artists you know yeah like i thought interscope records were bought by apple am i wrong i, I mean that might have happened after did apple buy that the might Beatles be after twenty sixteen. I mean, yeah, that went one hundred in the eighties. You thinking Michael Jackson might have bought it? Michael Jackson comes up an awful lot. <laughs> who, does on this Dr. <laughs> who does Doctor Dre own that Apple bought? Doctor uh, Dre is now an Beats. Apple employee. That's Beats. Oh, Beats. Yeah, yeah. But, but Doctor Dre was signed to Interscope back when he was like, like back in the nineties. I think maybe that's the connection I'm drawing in my head. Well, back in the nineties, uh, I was in a very famous TV show. I'm really struggling with that. I have no I'm idea. Not, obviously, uh, you know, all of this is not necessarily out of Billy's hands. She has very specific ideas yes. on her look and persona, which I actually think that we will go into more depth on the following episodes because that's when her persona is kind of set and here it's all sort of nascent kind of stabs at what she might want to be. Okay. Uh, they then put out Ocean Eyes and Six Feet Under as official digital singles on November the 17th and 18th, twenty six. So, Ocean Eyes, we're going to save for the EP because it's it's in the context of the EP. But Six Feet Under doesn't appear on the EP, so let's mm. uh, let's get into our first little proper song of the season. How I lost myself again, but I remember you. Don't come back. Well, I can't help but wonder if our great world 
That's Six Feet Under by Billie Eilish. Our first little bit of uh, music on, on this season. Yeah. What do you think of it? Like it? I think I, what I like is there's a that's it end of season like it yeah done <laughs> should I listen yes uh, yes what I like is there's a um I'm I'm gonna say this a couple of times on on this episode but I don't know what I mean by it okay <laughs> so great cool strap in uh, it's got a lot of air mm, Ooh, it's yeah, very atmospheric there's a, of, there's a lot of space in this song a lot of air yeah. it's breathy yeah? it's breathy it's breathy but uh, just uh, maybe can I give you some words to add or... to that no do it. Atmospheric, oh, if you like, minimal. Mm. That is that that comes up on a lot of my notes. Is the word minimal? Mm, is that the only note you've music. got? <laughs> yeah. Form and function. It also describes his notes. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's it's just quite lovely, isn't it? Like the male harmony is really nice. Is that Phineas? That is indeed Phineas on the backing. Oh, the vocals. harmonies are yes. delightful. Mm, yeah, their voices work really well together, probably because they're related. I don't know, <laughs> um, but it's kind of subtle, that's, isn't it? It's like a, a subtle a harmony underneath. Take, mate. Yeah, <laughs> they've got the same frequency of voice or something. And they're genetic, um, or they're just good singers and know how to, you know, like, nah, nah, it's do genetics. a harmony. No, nah, it's genetics. <laughs> no, nah, um, I don't mean that. Their voice, their voices are very complementary in a nice yeah. way. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's not putting like. I'm not even gonna bother thinking of examples. Well, he he's he knows exactly what works for that, and it and so he's he's giving it very little. You know, what I mean, like he's not overdoing it because he knows that if he's subtle enough behind her voice who is the star i guess then it's going to work better and um, yeah i think what i've learned from a lot of the tracks we're going to cover today that phineas is an incredible producer uh, yeah so so what is the arrangement here of songwriting duties intro verse <laughs> yeah then it does a chorus <laughs> although interestingly steve this is something that i did actually notice about the song there is no intro like yeah. all of the fat is just trimmed off the song it launches yeah. right in with the vocals. There's not much in the way of instrumental breaks, and it's only three minutes and nine seconds long. But it feels shorter. It does, yeah. It yeah, feels yeah. like a very short song, but three minutes is quite a standard length song. I, I expected to look at it, it was only two and a half, but yeah. Lucas, what do you think? I really like it. Yeah, it's very, it's really nice. It's just I like, very... I mean, I mean, I mean, we'll get into it as we get into it, but I've been, I was, wasn't what I was expecting for okay. any of this. Yeah. Um, in just being a 32-year-old out-of-touch dude mm. who doesn't listen to, like, modern pop music. Dude. My, my, dude, I'm a dude. I'm just... I would like, not describe you as a dude. A dude. <laughs> Such a cat. I'm just a cool cat. Um, my exposure to a lot of pop music is the absolute dross <laughs> that I hear on the radio when I get in uh, Hannah's car because she listens to Capital FM. Yeah. Which is just, I mean, Adam, you'll probably do a better job at describing what type of music Capital FM plays, but it's shite. Uh, it's um, it's it's like the noise of a fridge buzzing. It's all just <laughs> background. It's designed to be put on in the background. Of but, it, but it is all modern, recent, like, pop yeah. music that's in the charts. But it's the yeah. shite that's in the charts. Yeah, exactly. The, the, um, the, you know, the reason that we're sat here doing Billie Eilish at all is because she's very popular, but she's interesting. Mm. Like, well, that's what I, and I, and yeah. I'd, I've been told by you she is interesting, and I obviously believed you. But when I think of oh, one of the world's biggest pop star 
mega stars in 2020 i just think well is it going to be the same old like poppy upbeat mm. shite nothing upbeat the about this uh, no it's <laughs> not upbeat miserable. and I, lo- I love how it's so fucking miserable it's great <laughs> which then which then makes me like really surprised that she is so popular because i'm surprised how many people would respond to like quite gloomy music when again what you hear in the top 40 is yeah. DJ Khaled and like oh. and he's, very he's like, on this later, isn't he? No, he's no. Don't. yes. <laughs> but what, even the song, Luke, is just talking about miserable and stuff. Is it this song is is dealing with death quite a bit? Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. got an underlying darkness to it. Yeah, and that's what um, really surprised me is that like, oh, I didn't realize that someone so popular would be so interesting and and downbeat instead of just being the upbeat like. Let's go to the I, I can't think of examples because I simply don't know. Yeah, any. I know. Of, I know. Name the top, whatever the top ten is this Ed week. Ed Sheeran. The, yeah, no, I don't know example. the songs that I hear. That one that's that goes. Probably the worst song I've ever heard in my life. I think it's featuring <laughs> it's Justin song. Bieber, but it's, it's not a Justin song. Bieber song. Oh, it's like really bad. I, like I hate it so oh, much. Good. I think it's good. And that is kind of that's the sort of thing I'm talking about. That's just like yeah, doesn't like. I might would say, well. Lucas, that that is pop music that is aimed at twenty-five to forty-year-olds. That's what I think. I'm yeah. realizing is is yeah. that that millennials, our generation and stuff, want the upbeat and they listen to it before they go out to the club. Yeah, yeah. the club. club. And the club. actually, and the people this is and this people that this is maybe aimed at is depressed Zoomers. Is is teenage girls? Never yeah. underestimate the power of teenage girls. And I tell you what, teenage girls at the moment are fucking miserable. fucking depressed. Have yeah, you I seen know. the state of the world? And so millennials the- want like happy, upbeat pop music that I can use to ignore all of the problems. And the generation yeah. behind us are super engaged with things like climate change and mental health and gender identity, and they're yeah. fucking miserable. They're called Doomers yeah. for a reason, right? It's like yeah. the, the joke is that Zoomers are Doomers, and that's the whole thing right yeah and i immediately was like okay i kind of get this now i'm not i know we're i'm i'm not of that age and so it's this whole thing is going to have a big fat asterisk next to it that we are three british 32 year old white dudes yeah yeah yeah. but like i go oh okay i can see exactly what her audience is now i can see Mm. that it's that and i just expected the standard upbeat pop music that i think is really bad and was like oh this is really nice this is like to use a really lazy term, is a, is more singer songwritery okay, than pop yeah. music. Well, I, 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 I class it as goth pop. Interesting. Nice. Uh, a lot of the time, especially when we get to that that first album. I'm going to talk about her writing a little bit because Lucas, you asked what the setup is. Yeah, here. what is the arrangement here between? So like, Phineas is is the producer, and he will play a lot of the instruments. Um, so they write the songs together, both of them. Sometimes it's just Phineas. There's a couple today that are just Phineas. And there's another couple where they've got in external people. But the core is that it's Phineas and Billy writing together. Billy sings um, and plays a few instruments. Phineas does the lion's share of the instrument playing and produces it. So, But they very much write together. 100%. It's not like yes. a, it's not an Elton John situation where you've got a no. songwriter and then you've got a lyricist sort of thing. It's... And, and this is the thing, is that I'm going to do the thing that we just talked about where I talk about age, because the use of metaphors in this song, you know, six feet under meaning dead and references to like roses, and the, which is the flower being most associated with love, and then gloomy references to rain and crying clouds and cold as a knife. I think they're all fairly cliched, mm. but I also think that they are an accurate representation of a 14-year-old writing about love. You know, it, it's almost as though it's things that she's learned by consuming other media that deals with the same topics. 
So it's kind of like listening to like these age-old cliches being fed back into the kind of the pop world, if you see what I mean. Through the myopic brain of a 14-year-old. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> in in the 20-whatever year it was, 2015. Yeah, it's, it's, it's stuff that I'm very familiar with being given to me through a source that I am completely unfamiliar with, you know? Yeah. Mm. Also, the song seems to die over time. Did you notice that each chorus is shorter than the last one? No, but that's cool. Yeah. Hashtag deep. Hashtag <laughs> deep. Um, her voice is exceptional. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good singer. Great singer. Great singer. We'll, we'll get on to how she kind of does that uh, a little bit later. Look. But vocal chords, you kind great. of like. Yeah. On February 24th, 2017, she releases Bellyache as a single. Uh, on March the 30th, Bored is released as part of the promotion for the Netflix series 13 Reasons Why. Uh, any of either of you watched 13 no. Reasons Why? It, it no. was controversial. No, it was about suicide or something. I don't know. I remember it being in look, the news. Look, Steve, it was aimed at teenage girls. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I did. I did not watch it and I know nothing about it. Here's, here's Bored by Billie Eilish. shorter than the last one at exactly three minutes mm. yeah it's all it's, I mean when I've been listening to I'm, I'm, shockingly I've been, listen, I've been listening to all of this in prep for this episode and I've realised that in like a session I'll be like I've listened to each song like three times because yeah. I get through this playlist pretty fucking quickly <laughs> yeah <laughs> well I, I put uh, like four hour white noise things in between the separate releases yeah, and I, I yeah. listened to those to honour the journey of the playlist <laughs> well, I, 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 I just made another playlist and copied your playlist into it and removed the white noise okay great okay. so it starts it starts with these vocals and it kind of hangs on these small pieces of vocal noise and it's again very minimal um uh, something I noticed about the last song as well, as minimal as they are, they all have these little details, like these little mm. vocal samples that come in, and it might just be someone going, like in the background or whatever, <laughs> but they do just kind of like cut through the mix. I find that very interesting. Um, there's this really nice sub bass that kind of lifts the pre-chorus, mm. and the first chorus is then weirdly like a step down in energy from the short verse and like quick pre-chorus, and then the second chorus continues the energy. It kind of builds and builds and builds and builds until... The last chorus is, is, is very quiet. The structure, actually slightly interesting. 
but it's it's all these sort of detailed oriented small noises little production choices the the interesting percussion i i respond to this song quite a lot yeah it's really good that's why I was oh, going to pick yes. up on your, uh, <laughs> your, your the percussion. The percussion has something interesting going on. I'm not entirely sure what it. There's the, he's using something as a snare, not so like maybe a camera shutter or something like that. Um, yeah. But that's not the first time. Obviously, it's used quite cleverly later on. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm not sure what it is. But yeah, right. There's just the odd little noise, and you're like, oh, what was that? But like, yeah, he seems to build. I'm saying he because. I assume this is that, that will be Phineas like, under choices. under Billy's like direction, yeah. you know. Yeah, but just talking, not to just give all the credit to him, but like her voice on this, it's oh. like a double tracked, and she she's so good at harmonising with herself, not at the same time. I imagine just two takes because that it's, would be it's very not double tracked. It's not no, she's got a polyphonic voice. It's like quadruple yeah. tracked. Right. Well, there you go. Yeah, but like yeah. it, but but that's not obvious. No, it, it's, it's blends so nicely together. It's an it's a nice song. So, do you say this was just recorded specifically for this TV show? Yeah, and then released as a single. Uh, it was released as a single, yeah, and as part of the soundtrack for Thirteen Reasons Why. You'll see okay. on the Spotify playlist that the, but before uh, the, the EP is... came out. Uh, yeah, before the EP okay. came out. Yeah, I mean, the whole order of this is throwing me off because obviously you've said they've already released. She's already released Bellyache at this point and stuff. She has. And so yeah. obviously we've li- we've listened to this in a very particular order, and yeah. I'm now being thrown off because I figured this was this like was her all second song before the ep dropped but a bunch of songs in the ep have been released in one form yes. or another guys this is only going to get more confusing as oh, we okay. Okay. <laughs> you thought hullabaloo was difficult just this is do be an album difficult. and release it like the good old days <laughs> i have to say that like the content of this song feels like even more well-worn territory than the last one um it feels like even more generic in the way that it's about a relationship sort of going wrong um is it like she's giving she's bored that she's giving more than she's getting basically yeah, exactly i mean i mean spoiler alert most of these songs are about a relationship they're written yeah by they're well, written by a teenage girl there's so some interesting that's... quotes from billy around that that kind of are either illuminating or more confusing the interesting thing about this one is it is actually a co-write with aaron forbes and tim anderson and they're both kind of those behind-the-scenes songwriters that we saw crop up in Muse's career, where they've written with a lot of other people. However, this is the only time either of them work with Billie Eilish, and it's the only time that Billie and Phineas really bring on co-writers. They're sort of like... You said they bring other people in in later albums. This is it. (laughs) There's like one or two other... other examples of that and we'll see them today and I can't remember if it's one or two Um, but the rest the the two albums are just the two of them but I was wondering if that was at the behest of the labels this early in someone's career getting in someone who's got a bit of experience with songwriting and then figuring out that it actually kind of maybe didn't really work I think it works I think it's one of the best songs on this uh, well what I was going to say is that the, the most of the joy in this song for me is the form which is the odd percussion in the structure and the overlapping harmonies that kind of blur in out of time and that's all Phineas really yeah so also that month because that was released in March uh 2017 I believe we are at now yes she plays at South by Southwest uh which uh as far as I can work out that South by Southwest performance uh is her first live performance <laughs> oh wow okay <laughs> like, yeah as she must have played some little like bars i don't think so i think it's just that first showcase not not allowed in the bar yeah Yeah, yeah. well exactly yeah um on june 30th 2017 she releases watch as a single on july Mm. 14th she releases copycat 
as a single and on the same day announces her debut EP, which is called Don't Smile At Me, which is going to be released on August the 11th, 2017, which is just under a month away from that single release. But she still finds the time to release two more singles because the week after she releases I Don't Want To Be Anymore and the week after that (laughs) she releases My Boy. Um, That's most of the songs now, right? Well, this is the thing, yes. Before we get to the EP... I think it is worth talking about how Billy sounds and works in general. We've heard those two initial songs. Everything that we talk about today is recorded in Phineas's childhood bedroom. That's uh, incredible. They obviously have a very close bond uh, with lots of trust. Her inspirations, as she lists them, and I've nicked them from Wikipedia, are Tyler the Creator, Childish Gambino, Avril Lavigne, Earl Sweatshirt, James Blake, Amy Winehouse, The Spice Girls, Lord, Marina and the Diamonds, Britney Spears, Taylor Swift, Nicki Minaj, Triple X Tentacion, 21 Pilots, The Beatles, Justin Bieber, Green Day, Arctic Monkeys, Linkin Park, and Lana Del Rey. There's another one that you didn't list. Go on. Because I made a, I had a take. I said that she reminded me of someone and I didn't want to be foolish and you go... Okay, idiot. So I googled Billie Eilish and then the name of this artist, and then it turns out I saw like an article where she'd like listed a bunch of albums that influenced one of her recent albums. Oh yeah, this is listed. not exhausted, uh, exhausted, no, exhausted. Yeah. And she mentioned Imogen Heap, and that's who I thought of when I first started listening to this. Was like that Very kind of pop, but not main mainstream sort of sounding pop. Yeah, you know, that kind yeah, of yeah. like good, good pop, really good pop. <laughs> I don't know, good but that pop. kind of more like singer songwritery, you know, doesn't just isn't just churning out whatever's going to yeah. go on the radio. Sort of I think the most obvious line you can draw is Lana Del Rey. Yeah, who, like, I'm, who, I've, who I have very little familiarity miserable with. Miserable sort of So I will simply stay pop quiet. Okay, cool. Mm. <laughs> also, she was I, a true Justin Bieber obsessive. She was who, one of... Uh, Billie Eilish. Yeah, she was one of the believers for sure. And we'll, we'll see that in, in the documentary when, when, when it comes oh, up. okay. But there's lots of others, you know, there's lots of stuff in that list ranging from sort of like hip hop to like pop and classic rock and modern rock. And I think her music, like there's elements of R&B and sort of jazz moods on the, some of the mm-hmm. songs. If this means anything to you, her voice is in the soprano range. Mm, so she's into organised crime. Yes, exactly. I was waiting. <laughs> I, was mm, okay. I was like, he's going to say it. He's going <laughs> to say something to do with the TV show. Yeah. It's quite what, breathy, mean, right? Adam, her yeah. voice is quite breathy and whispery. But it has sort of like a bit of power behind it. She loves harmonies. She uses them a lot. And this goes back to what you were saying, Steve. She is incredibly meticulous in terms of quadruple tracking vocals. And they all the takes sound exactly the same. So you get that huge, like, full uh, appearance of, of the vocals. On Ocean Eyes, I know I keep bringing it up and we haven't mentioned it yet, but it's because it's on the EP. On Ocean Eyes, Phineas was saying, usually if you're tracking vocals, you can get a whole song done in about six hours of vocal work in terms of doing all the harmonies, double tracking the vocals, which you do to make them sound thicker, doing little ad libs, adding in some oohs and ahs. On Ocean Eyes, they spent seven full days <laughs> on just doing the vocals. This sounds like my cup of... You said I, I respond to like well-produced, yeah. very crisp... Precise. And, which well, I'm interested to know what you think of that, because you, in, in general, often like a bit more of a... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not raw. 
but you know, yeah, sort raw, of, uh, frantic, raw, a bit more, bit more sloppy, a bit more o- put off together, the cuff, or a bit less put together, improvised. You know, I think it depends on the music. I think it absolutely works for the kind of music that Billie Eilish makes. It's all very precise, right? It's all there. Yeah. It's it's so well produced. It's so clean. Yeah, uh, it's just so clean. Uh, the the other thing, as she said, is that she and Phineas aim to write conversational lyrics. Uh, and that you can say something much deeper if you're saying it in a way in which it sounds like something somebody would just say. There's a handful of examples of that on this EP that are definitely true. And as someone who is me, yeah. who famously... <laughs> okay, on the... we, I'm going to start using that all the time. As, <laughs> as someone, someone who is who me. Is me <laughs> um, who famously, you know... Uh, doesn't respond to lyrics as strongly as you guys famously and, and, and generally needs and f- to respond to lyrics needs they need to either speak to me in a very very like mm. specific way or be much more sort of unambiguous and sort of you know less poetic and a bit more clear there's a load of examples of that on this ep where i'm just like yeah I get what you. I get the metaphor. I get what you're going for. I understand. Yeah. Instead of me having to go on genius lyrics to work out what the song's about. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's because this music is aimed at teenage girls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I'm going to do the thing where that's a negative yeah, that I was yeah, talking yeah. about earlier yeah. at the expense of a joke. Call back, call back, call back, call back. Uh, well, like you said, there's loads of examples of that on this EP, so let's talk about the EP. The EP is called Don't Smile At Me. It's released August 11th, 2017. It's eight tracks and 26 minutes long. It's produced by Phineas. It's mixed by Rob Kinelski. It's mastered by John Greenham. And there are only four people credited on the entire EP. That's it. It's incredibly rare for a pop musician uh, to have that. There's usually loads of co-writes, loads of different producers, loads of different engineers and mixing assistants. This is Billie Eilish, Phineas O'Connell, Rob Kinelski, and John Greenham. That's it. Done. 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 Next. First thing that may or may not be apparent to you from what we've just talked about is that this is the new release of precisely two songs. Party Favour and Hostage are the only songs that weren't released as singles before the EP came out. Is that just kind of more indicative to how music is now released? I think so. Six of the eight tracks were previously released as singles. So this is more of a collection of singles kind of packaged together. That kind of drip feed thing. You're right, Lucas. But then also what a single is these days isn't the same. Because when you say release a single, they didn't have a CD in the shops. No, they're pushed out onto Spotify. Spotify. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It also means that recording sessions were kind of sporadic with songs then being released as and when they were completed. Um... But, you know, that's not too hard for them because they both live at home at this point and they record at home and it's yeah. all done at home. It's got that real sort of DIY aesthetic. It also had, and here's where it's going to get even more confusing, like I said earlier, three different releases, which we'll okay. get on to once we've covered the initial eight-track release. Uh, and then before we get on to... I know there's a lot of qualifiers here. Before we get on to our general thoughts on the EP, is this an EP? It's a bit long for an EP, isn't it? It's classed as an EP on Spotify, right? What's an well, EP? EP is called an extended play. Yes. What's an LP stand for again? Long play. So isn't uh, uh, to me extended sounds longer? Longer than, than long. long. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's less well, than thirty I mean, minutes. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight tracks. Yeah. That feels more than an EP to me. An EP, in theory, should be longer than a single, shorter than an album. 
between four to six tracks colloquially but historically it originates from vinyl that was referred to as extended play and it was it was anything that was played at a different rpm than 78 so if it was 45 rpm or 33 rpm it was an ep or an album the uk official chart company defines the boundary as 25 minutes in length and no more than four tracks so in theory this doesn't qualify okay <laughs> well did this chart as an album or as or as a or as a it charts in the album charts yeah yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it qualifies yeah. even less when we get into the subsequently released. Say, when versions. you get into the extended, when you get into the extended yeah. one, you then got eleven tracks. That's the, that's the length of an album. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. I don't well, think this ten. is this is not technically an EP, but then the artistic uh, intention is to release this as an EP. Anyway, what do you think of the EP? What genre would you say the EP is? Let's start there. Gloom, gloomy pop, pop. gloom pop. Yeah, mm. oddish pop. Great, depressing. Vile plume. No, it's not that depressing, actually. It's not depressing. It's not depressing. It's, just, it's miserable. Uh, and it's mis- yeah, no, miserable is better than... De- joyfully miserable. Yeah. Huh? Do you like that? I, that that's be better a, than depressing, because be it's not depressing, but miserable is kind of a bit better sort of thing. It's like... it's. I, I haven't actually written anything down about this, but I love the artwork. I love how simplistic it is. It's just her, red ladder, white, uh, yellow room. Cool. Yeah, red jacket. Yeah. Sat down looking miserable. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Literally head and like head down, like uh, of yeah, un- just, under a ladder, in, implying sort of bad luck. Uh, good. Yeah, yeah. I definitely wrote all that. Wrote that down. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was reading from your notes. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. and yellow, obviously, a, a famously uh, happy color, and in contrast to the uh, correct to yeah. the mood of the album. Yeah, 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 this is good shit. This is good. There was around the time this came out, there was an obsession with lowercase or uppercase for tracks. Honestly, right? my first yeah. note is I don't mind the odd 4A into a bit of weird formatting on a song title. Yeah. Every single track. Except for Copycat. Apart from My Boy. No, Copycat. Is in uh, caps. Okay, it's all caps. It's all caps. Yeah. And then they're all like lowercase. There's no capitals at the start. There's no like leading capitals. Yeah. Calm down. No no, uh, no grammar in Don't Smile at Me. There's no apostrophe. Yeah, in no yeah. spaces in I Don't Want to Be In. I mean, it, it, it doesn't affect anything about anything, but it is a little pet peeve of mine. Oh, it, okay. it, look, it stands out on, on um, streaming platforms. It does. It doesn't, yes. it doesn't when every single track has it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the most recent LCD Sound System al- uh, album has that, actually. Is that interesting? Uh, uh, no, no, I've, I've bored no. myself. Yeah. <laughs> Well, famously very boring band. Uh, I, I, so something I noticed about it is that it's uh, clearly in sort of like that pop mould, but there are a lot of subtle sort of enhancements to that. There's sort of like some tempo changes and key mm-hmm. changes and some of the songs like jump around within themselves. Um, personally, I, coming into this, was far less familiar with this than her albums. So I was actually surprised by sort of how uh, generic some of this is. Okay. Interesting. Cuz I cuz I on the whole like this EP. Yeah. And I'm already worried going as she gets more popular, does it get more less interesting? Stando. Right. And I hope that isn't the case. So the fact that the fact that we're talking about her makes me think that's not going to be the case. I'm a fan of her albums primarily and going into this i was like oh this is much less weird than i thought it was going to be yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, like i said so when i initially like when i first heard of billy eilish or i heard i heard her um i did just 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 kind of dismiss it as, as merely like pop or not for me like i never really gave it a chance so i, I initially 
in my head, yeah, maybe I did think it was just going to be this generic. I, I don't know, but 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 it was a nice surprise that there's some really interesting stuff going on. It's quite funny in some points. That's really um, funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then there's and and just the the percussion is is fantastic. There is also some dirty fucking bass. Oh, the in the EP, <laughs> yeah, but the interesting yeah, yeah. production choices, just in general, like just make it, it. It does just elevate it. If it didn't have that, potentially this, it could have been not. I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much, you know. Yeah, well, that's what I was saying about like detailed, orientated yeah. uh, production. Like you have all these little blips and bloops and interesting yeah. percussion choices that, that that keep you interested. And I think that instrumentation does stand out in a lot of places. But I think that the real star of the ep is obviously billy's voice yeah. uh, uh which is yeah. incredible and also the pair's songwriting abilities i think they do a really good job of storytelling songwriting so each billy was saying about the ep i have a direct quote she says each track will follow a distinct plot the only tie together is that i'm pretty sure i don't have any songs about how much i love someone they're all either about i hate you or you make me hate me. But they're all about, <laughs> largely about, about, uh, about relationships, or a lot of them are. I mean, again, yeah. what else do you have to sing about when you're a 14-year-old girl, especially? I think that but she's... But on the flip side, actually, the other thing I was going to say was, was how does she have so many takes on love and relationships <laughs> at such a young age? At that point, it was, I fancy that girl, but she doesn't fancy me back. But that's, that's, that's so potent, though. Like that feeling of I fancy that girl, but she doesn't fancy me back. It's yeah, so then potent. It's, it's, and then you filter it through movies you've seen, yeah. and other songs you've heard, it and is, you are aware of how it, you know, how it's. It's sound. easy for me to look back at that and think that means nothing, but actually at the time that was like oh, it was devastating. So, yeah, it was mm. so devastating. Like, sort of and thing, I'd love right? to go back to that just so I could feel something again. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah, because when you yeah. get older and you you don't have feelings anymore. Like you want to yeah. go back. Well, to yeah, really I mean, young and... famous. Obviously, some of the younger listeners we might pick up yeah. over the course of doing Billy Eilish. Obviously, might be surprised to hear that when you turn thirty, you just you just lose feelings. Stop, stop being able to feel feelings. Yeah, completely numb. Just, just yeah. Away. yeah, you mm. basically switch off from all external stimuli as well. You become very internal and just completely numb to anything. Although what we're talking about, it sounds like it sounds like the generation below us are already that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's that really. is true. <laughs> I hit it at fifteen. I want to talk about the title because we've said that like. Um, a lot of this is about relationships and maybe like unrequited love and similar things like that. We should also bear in mind that Phineas is the co-writer here and he is a bit older than Billy and will have maybe had more experience in such areas. Uh, But the EP is called Don't Smile At Me. Billy said about it, my EP is called Don't Smile At Me for a lot of reasons, but one of them would be when someone tells you, smile, why aren't you smiling? It's so much more beautiful when you smile. Mm. everyone's taught to smile girls are like look happy look like you're having fun i'm not going to look like anybody except what i am i want to impress myself that's what billy had to say about the title and i think it speaks to she's already sort of sort of flirting with these ideas of identity and what people think of her and about her and how she feels pressure to live up to those notions and images which is quite surprising that she's already had a, a, a stylist and a brand deal with Chanel because the, the impression I'm getting is someone who isn't... I mean, you've already said... You kind of told us on a, on the first episode that she sort of very intentionally goes out of her way to, to, like, to de-sexualize everything. And 
obviously I've seen like pictures of what she looks like and she's largely just walking around in big comfy looking baggy clothes. Oh, she looks so comfy all the time. And yeah. and just like whatever. <laughs> and so that's why I was surprised like when you soon you mentioned like a Dior Chanel and a brand consult and I was like what's the what's the story here then because But uh, at this point is the brand miserable and 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 Yeah, but anti- Chanel presumably don't want that brand, do they? No, but you said about how they're trying to make the image I think if you if we'll get into this on the next episode, we're going to specifically talk about her style. But if you look at some of the stuff that Billy wears that she would have got in partnership with Chanel, like it's uh, it's all very cool. It's all very cool, and the fact that it's baggy and you know makes absolutely sort of no difference either way. I don't think I've just noticed because you're wearing a Muse t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to represent even on season three. Just <laughs> like the lyrics in My Boy where it says, "When the Zetas fill the sky." <laughs> Uh, no, because famously, hey, Steve, you liked that song, not me. Yeah, distinctly average yeah. song. No, I think I liked it. Look, we're not here to talk about Muse. Let's talk about Billie Eilish. Let's start with the first track of the EP, I guess. The collection it's EP. Yeah. Don't be cautious. Don't be kind. You committed. I'm your crime, push my button Anytime you got your finger on the trigger But your trigger finger's mine Silver dollar, golden flame Dirty water, poison rain Perfect murder, take your aim I don't belong to anyone But everybody knows my name I think we all had the same face when the bass just yeah. a real yes. dirty a bass yeah. face face <laughs> yeah uh, like as an opening track that's a real statement of intent in terms of how different it sounds to the stuff that we've previously covered yeah it's it's very dreary uh oh. on purpose and 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 I don't want to start on negative it is it isn't my favorite by any means but yeah. oh, but what I mean by but why dreary I don't necessarily mean in a bad way it's like, it's like there's no real like cat there's no hook you know right yeah. um but, That's but true, that actually. immediately kind of kicks off a vibe for the album which i like as an opening track because it isn't mm. just one of the uh, one of the later songs that are maybe like adam said more on the generic side this yeah. is definitely something uh also when she says psych it's very cheeky yeah, that's cheeky. very cheeky. cheeky. It's very cheeky, isn't it? Cheeky. I mean, sorry, psych. Also, you say there's no hook. I think the copycat trying to cop my manner, watch your back when you can't, you can't watch mine watch line. My... A has got such a great, like, dark, melod- it's like melodically, it's got that kind of, like, I don't know, Adam used some clever music words to describe what that what I mean by this. Melody. But it's got that kind of, like, dark, no, it's not just melancholy, though, it's kind of got that, like, dark edge to it. Like Melody, melod- I just said melody. It's a yeah, melody. A, I'm using, yeah, a, like, music notes. There's notes. Melody. Hmm. Yeah, it's got a dark, this. anyway. Um, and that's very, yeah, it's got that, and I think that's, like, the hook. That's the bit that I'm like, oh, yeah, it's fucking good. I mean, more like a catchy yeah. tune, but I don't that, know. That, yeah, is, that, is that is definitely the hook, but this is not one of the songs that gets stuck in my head yeah. in the same way that the chorus of Bored does i think uh i think this song gets stuck in my head 
Does it? Yeah. But that's because that's you specifically, are... That's specifically that you know, bit, the chorus. The... You're, you're deeply into, you know, grime and uh, trap and hip-hop. That sounds like... Well, I've thing. actually... We say I'm deeply... I was, I've literally got a question in my notes, which is, is this is this what you call trap? It's similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Those hi-hats especially. Uh, it's pretty heavy, though, in, in a way that trap sometimes isn't. I love that the lyrics are so... It's such a teenage concern. That someone is copying Someone's like her. copying your style and you're yeah. like, and basically like she's like, you're shit. And oh, there's like, there's your italic, I'm in bold, basically being like, I'm the boss. Yeah, And you're exactly. just copycat. And it's like, it's such like the sort of the concern of a teenage person. Do you want to hear, do you want to hear Billy talking about it? She yeah. said, uh, that song, we were just in Phineas's room and I was like, yo, there's this fucking girl and she keeps doing everything that I do and I want to write about it because it was in my mind a lot. The thing is, I feel like it uh, it made it happen so much that you just kind of have to be like, okay, I get it. You want to do everything I do. You think I'm fly, whatever. But it's flattering mostly because it's like, oh, you know, you like what I do. But then it gets to a point where you're not even you anymore. Yeah, man. Now, that's not a great impression of uh, of Billie Eilish. That's but... exactly how she sounds. She sounds like you, which is really weird. <laughs> I asked you to stay away from genius uh, for this, not only to ruin context for yourself, but because the annotations for a lot of this EP uh, were done by Billie Eilish herself. Oh, that, oh really? I was wondering if that was what you were going to say. Yeah. Oh, cool. uh, you know, so I wanted to hear interpretations rather than exactly what uh, Billie Eilish intended uh, from the song. But that turns you know, out most well. other websites are shite for looking up lyrics, by the way. Yeah, I use AZ lyrics. That's usually pretty good. Poorly formatted. Didn't like it. Google. <laughs> <laughs> Do you listen to a lot of music that is like the the main sections of this song, guys? No. I think you know the answer to that question. Okay, great. <laughs> we'll no, move not on. Doing, no. uh, the, the bit right at the end, the you just crossed the line. That bit. I mean, it's a whole separate section of the song yeah, that is so a, calm and beautiful. Great and lovely and calm. And also sounds very like Bond themey, which obviously she does a Bond yeah. theme. Yeah. And I don't know if it's, is it is it that that sounds similar to what her Bond theme is? And I've just got it buried deep somewhere that like I remember what it sounds like, but I don't remember it consciously. Or it's just got that very, it's just a Bondy I've sort got of melody. the same note under two other songs on this EP. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. the, the next one yeah. especially. Yes, definitely. Um, the five, but yeah. the, uh, the, the that that is a mode that she plays in a lot, and a lot of the classic sort of Bond themes play around those sort of jazz chords and the extended and suspended chords and stuff like that. And Phineas uses a lot of those in his in his songwriting. Um, something interesting Billy said about this. Uh, she said, "I'm really influenced by hip hop. I love rap and all of the culture. I think it's really special. I feel like a lot of it is more important than just a couple of lyrics that rhyme. It's all of these words." bunched up and a lot of it is references to other things and things you wouldn't even think of i think that's so impressive me and my brother a lot of the time try to write kind of like that where it's like you could just say it and it would sound just the same as if you were saying it so she's talking about those uh sort of conversational lyrics the whole thing like by the way you've been uninvited is not doesn't sound like a song lyric do you know what i mean yeah, it's like using the word moreover, maybe, in lyrics. <laughs> you of, couldn't imagine James Dean Bradfield or Matt Bellamy, you know, using a lyric that is like, by the way, you've been uninvited. It's more conversational <laughs> than crafted. I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, although she did make one concession in her lyric writing, which is the why so sad bunny uh, line. Uh, it was going to be something far more offensive uh, but she thought that she would have young people listening to her lyrics, so okay. she toned down the swearing a okay. little bit. She did make that one concession to younger people, um, but she also said that uh, using the word bunny actually worked way better because 
it's far more like condescending than yeah, calling yeah. someone a fuckhead. Is that what it's supposed <laughs> to be? You know what I mean? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, also sad fuckhead. I don't know. Um, oh, you don't know. So I, was, I mean, I was literally about to start asking what is the word that it was going to be. Cause I'm curious uh, I think I read it somewhere, but obviously it's not lodged itself in my brain. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a cool opener. Uh, it's, it's interesting to see that much more overt hip hop influence coming in. Uh, so like early on in her career where she started with like kind of some piano ballads, you know what I mean? Mm. I can tell you what it was, by the way, if you want to know. Please do. Instead of it being Why So Sad Bunny Can't Have Mine, it yeah. was going to be Fuck All That Bitch, You Can't Have Mine. <laughs> I yeah. mean, Why So go. Sad Bunny is better. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I feel like I maybe prefer the alternative. <laughs> so that's Copycat. Uh, the next song is called I Don't Want to Be Anymore. I don't want to be Talk about the we're talking about the bond thing yeah off, off mic there talking about that that bit again this is having another bond bit the bit where she pauses and it comes in and it's all sort of sultry <laughs> yeah. i've just realized uh, i i said to you in our in our group chat a few days ago i said oh i think she like like vocally reminds me a bit of shirley manson from garbage she yeah. did a bond theme the Tomorrow Never Dies. This song, just, that bit sounds like Tomorrow Never Dies. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is all why it's all oh, coming it's all together coming in my brain together. now. It's the Bond connection. Because <laughs> yeah. I did is such, like, you're only going to get that reference on this podcast about Billie Eilish because we're 32-year-old men. Oh, yeah. it's like, like a 90s James Bond movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> uh, if teardrops could be bottled, there'd be swimming pools filled by models told a tight dress is what makes you a whore. Like, I suppose it's one of the first in- instances she's talking about body image in her songs, right? Yeah. Potentially like dealing with an industry of some sort, whether it's the movie or the music industry, telling you how to look, how to dress, how to be. Um I just yes. thought that was a that was a cool lyric and very and it very much stands out. I mean, it's the chorus. I think that this song is the crux of the EP. It's like the thematic center mm. because it seems to be dealing with depression and frustration at yourself for feeling 
that way for feeling depressed you know she's telling herself don't be that way fall apart twice a day yeah. i just wish you could feel what you say i don't want to be you anymore sorry i don't want to be you anymore uh and then the chorus sort of reveals that second layer which is like you're seeing this person through the eyes of someone like in the public eye or with a job in entertainment uh do you know what i mean like mm. the, the the external pressure to be someone it, it's not just an internal pressure it's an external pressure as well i mean that line about the models is incredible great. it's great like, it's such great. good it writing. really stands yeah. out doesn't it as well like and again yeah. it's another example of the fact that her lyrics are what well, their lyrics i guess maybe are are very good in that again me the plebman yes the plebman himself. responded to that i was like oh that's a really good line i really like yeah. immediately i get what i get what she's selling you know does it help that they're very clear like she enunciates really well and it's maybe not, it's not james dean bradfield going and it's not matt bellamy going because i'm not because i'm not looking up the lyrics so yeah absolutely 100%. yeah it's slow yeah, yeah, yeah and the vocals are are present so yeah i mean like, this song is very and as well in terms of this one as well that like musically this one is very simple it's like there's a very piano, little extra little bit of guitar a little bit on, of drums yeah. and so it's like Oh, all about so nicely produced and i'm going to talk about how nicely produced everything is <laughs> adam but... keeps doing the the fingers oh the sort of thing yeah again just not what i was expecting though which is just like such a stripped back song mm. really simple really lovely really nice i was like also this isn't what i was expecting it to be at all as as a counterpoint to that first song as a counterpoint to copy at copycat which feels very modern and hip-hop influenced doesn't this feel kind of like classic yeah it feels like a jazz standard. It has like those guitar stabs and the de- the bass line is literally like boom, boom, boom. It's got like that sort of classic descending bass line. It's got a vinyl crackle effect put on it, if you can hear it just like slightly in the nice. background. And it's just such a nice, oh, it's in a 3-4, obviously it's a waltz. A waltz. Um, and there's just like, it has that start-stop instrumentation, which gives it this huge sense of like tension and release. And uh it is, in fact, the middle part of Copycat that we just heard. Is it? When Copycat goes to the piano section, it's the same chords as this song. Uh, it was written directly as a counterpoint to Copycat. Uh, this song is the same chords all the way through, and it's the chords from the bridge of Copycat. It's the same person talking to themselves. It's kind of two reactions to the which, same event, almost. Which bit's the bridge of Copycat? Uh, the bit that is like uh, the, the slow bit, you know? I would hate to see you go. Had to be the one that told you so. The the the, the slow bit, the the piano okay, yeah. section. Um, so I think I think originally this song was going to be part of Copycat, and was sort of airlifted out, and they wrote a whole new song around it. Do you think the formatting of the titles is trying to kind of reflect that a little bit? How you got the caps, and then you've got very obviously all single letters together. Quite possibly. I mean, maybe we've been saying Copycat wrong, and because we've been saying I don't want to be you anymore. Maybe we should be saying Copycat. <laughs> Copycat. <laughs> yeah uh here's what billy had to say that song she's talking about i don't want to be anymore is the most special to me on the ep because it's straight from myself the whole song is supposed to be singing to yourself in a reflection i go through a lot of depression i have for most of my life and i know so many people have the same issues i do and most people don't have a way of expressing that with this song i just want people to know they can feel that way and not be alone that song is very deep in me there you go. That's what she said about it. And I think that comes through. I This is probably my favourite thing on the EP. Interesting. I, I will have this played at my funeral. 
Oh. Steve, note it down, mate. All the way, like, all Why, the way what through do you just know, on repeat Lucas? as well. From well, the moment... Just, so you're, I know that you're going to be asked to, like, you know, sort of take care of it. I'm not going to be Adam's funeral. From, from the moment be, that I on the arrive <laughs> on the Navy ship, because I'd also like to be buried at sea. <laughs> oh, <yes>. uh, <laughs> After Adam's death, I'm going to be firmly on the run. I'd like to be oh, buried. Yeah. At, I'd like to be buried at air. You want to be chucked out of plane? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Do we know what cool. you want to do. You want, like to, you want to. Do you want to drift off into space and and, and then whatever happens happens. I mean, yeah, <laughs> obviously. The, it, what do you mean? What? <laughs> well, if I splat <laughs> on a, a family, then well, whatever. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, like throw me out of the plane, yeah. and then wherever I land, and in whatever state I land, that is yeah. where yeah. I will remain. Whatever happens happens, Adam. If it's in the sea, I go to the bottom <laughs> of the sea. If it's in someone's driveway, they have to deal with that. It's my wishes. <laughs> My boy's being sus. He was shady enough, but now he's just a shadow. My boy loves his friends like I love my split ends And by that I mean he cuts them off about lyrics yeah. and yeah. lyrics being like nice and like understandable yeah. clear yeah. you know she literally explains herself in this song she says and by that I need yeah, yeah. Yeah. and then explain it's great it's, it's great. absolutely exactly what I need yeah. from song. <laughs> by what I meant by that line my boy loves his friends like I love my split ends and by, by that I mean in case you don't understand the metaphor he cuts, he cuts them, them off. off he cuts them off and then if you didn't really get what I meant by cut them off I've got a scissor sound effect snip <laughs> But yeah, I really appreciate that. Like that that line, my first note is just that line. Yeah. And just like, great. I've got it in my it's a funny. It's a funny, it's, funny. it's a good funny lyric. It's funny almost line. as funny as, all right, dude, go trip over a knife. Go yeah. trip over <laughs> a knife, yeah. <laughs> my, boy's, my boy's being sus. Yeah. sus. Like a sussy backer. Yeah. My boy, I, I've got it written down as my boy's being a sussy chunk. Not, it's not can poggers, you, can is you it? Guys, <laughs> can you guys explain your young person slang that you're Oh, we don't know what's going no, on. No, absolutely. We're, because we're I don't understand taking it the either. piss out of our own age. Uh, uh, here's something interesting about the all right dude go trip over a knife is that it's kind of it was kind of an ad lib, but it also speaks to how uh, meticulous Billy and by extension Phineas are they realised that the song was slightly too short and they needed an ad lib like that but that adds like what three seconds yeah so they realised that the song was too short by about three seconds <laughs> and and what, what they wanted to do was record some like record an insult um, and so Billy googled good insults mm-hmm. and was just reading some of them off and one of them she didn't like and she off the cuff said all right dude go trip over a knife and that's the one that they kept in so one it's an ad lib two it speaks to the weirdly meticulous this song needs to be three seconds longer yeah. uh and it very specifically needs to be an insult um but it also apart from those sort of like those nice lyrics and the funny sort of uh ad lib there and the fact that the chorus is a in a different tempo to the yeah, verses the tempo changes cool. um it also feels like the least consequential 
thing on the EP? Uh, I've literally put in my notes, I predict this is more what she's like in the future, and I hope not. Right, yeah, okay. I mean, it's, it's, I, yeah, no, it I feels hope, like no, the you've, most you've, you've made me thing. think maybe not because of what you've said, but yeah, that was kind of... Because it seems a bit more like it's going in the direction of what could be a bit more palatable and a bit more... Yeah, but of, then it has like these little bits where it just pauses until someone screams, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like it has all these yeah. little interesting details things, but there is just something about the song as a whole where it feels a little, I don't know, it just feels a little bit lightweight. I don't know, I can't really put my finger on it, to be honest. It's probably one of my, yeah, the weaker ones for me. Uh, but then you've got this odd, like, jazz lounge singer at the start doing a little... Which is, is really cool. And then, but yeah, it does change into kind of, I don't want to say generic pop. That's not right at all. But you, do you know what? It also has those Muse-style cut-up barbershop vocal sort of things going on. Is it? <laughs> Maybe this song's really good, actually, and we're we're wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't um, know. The end, just... the end bit of this song was another bit that gave me that <laughs> Shirley Manson Bond thing. But again, I think we're just going to see it all over this EP. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. I can't remember what the end of this song sounds like, though, but I've seen my notes. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be just, uh, it's just a song about a fuckboy. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> yeah. Right? He's messing about. Yeah. He's messing about. He's a fuckboy. He's a fuckboy. The big sussy chungus back uh, just a fuckboy. Yeah. Fuckboy, Pogchamp. Very cringe. Uh, it's very, He's very yeah. cringe. He's and he's a trip over. Also, tripping back over a, a knife. from Basilton. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> tripping over a knife is such a nothing insult yeah. because yeah. tripping into a knife would be a different story yeah. but tripping over a knife go bang your elbow yeah. on a door frame go stand on a rake it's oh, kind of like don't. similarly similarly just like whatever i think it's pronounced iraq but that's why it's funny because it is a bit shit yeah yeah exactly yeah it kind of undercuts the the darkness of yeah. the rest of the song yeah. uh speaking of sh- sp- speaking of shit Go on. <laughs> what? My heart skips eight beats at once. If we were meant to be, we would have been by now. See what you want to see, but all I see is him right now. I'll sit and watch your car burn. There's a really nice uh, meeting of foreman function oh, here yeah. and i think you're gonna talk about it steve so you go ahead oh yeah so we've got the sound of a, a match being lit and blown out at some point and also potentially being extinguished with fingers uh but then obviously you've got the references to to burn a few times yeah it's a there. song about fire and the percussion and, is matches being lit yeah it's, it's yeah, fucking which great. is a really cool I little diy found sound yeah. kind of uh, yeah. thing yeah, but it sounds so. And that's about the only interesting thing about the song. Oh, what? No, I love this yeah, song. Yeah, I'm with Adam. I'm with Adam. And the fact that this is the song that I have to hear twice on every single like listen through. All, all I think of when I think of this song is the because that's all this song is, isn't it? Isn't it that for like nine minutes? And then and then I have to hear it again with with but and burn, which is that chorus. Is I guess is that the chorus that bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it. 
it, I don't know if it's because I've heard it so many times because it, this song is quite repetitive and I have to hear it twice every time I listen to this playlist. Mm. But it like that chorus really annoys me. Really? Interesting. Interesting. Like the melody just really annoys me. And so, nah, I'm never going to listen to this again. Get rid. This is, it's uh, quite <laughs> generic and it sounds a lot like Coldplay. Do you think so? Yeah, it has it has like that synth that like synth pulse in the choruses that is very like Johnny from Coldplay guitar sort of soaring. I, I do sort like of that. Bit of wee, 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 well, of course, wee, yeah, you wee, like Coldplay. Wee, wee. I like that bit. Yeah. That's the best bit of the song. Yeah, sure. But did you did you phrase. cotton on to what it was about at all, Lucas, or or did the fact that you weren't responding to it very much just sort of seal that off for you? Correct. Yes, I thought yeah, it might. Be I just sealed up and went. Well, no, I have put notes of what I think the song is probably about, but that's because I read the lyrics afterwards and wrote yeah. my notes. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. It, I mean, it's probably about, it's about relationship. But. Yeah, I mean, it just seems to be about a relationship that, but is like maybe, maybe not, not reciprocal, not or or not or feeling a vibe, but it didn't really go anywhere, sort of thing. Like, yeah, exactly. Kind of go, and then the other person's kind of done. That, that like the narrator is done with. Yeah, being led on, maybe. If we were meant to be, we would have been by now. I mean, that's a good lyric. I mean, and with the fire lyric. that you started in me, but you never came back to ask it out, is yeah, they're both. Yeah, yeah. and then I mean, it gets is, extinguished yeah, at the end. I think this oh, song's yeah, great, and I think it's one of my favourites on on the EP. I think I, it lacks the inventiveness of some of her other lyrics, and I'll, and 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 there's a reason for that. And I'm wondering if you can put your finger on what it is. Uh, he didn't write it with her; she wrote it by herself. Vice versa, he wrote it without her. Yes, the other one. Yes, okay. he. This is a Phineas, uh, and I think it will okay. have been for his band. And his band, I think, is aiming for a much more generic, universal sphere of influence, rather than something that is very personal to Billy. And I, I this doesn't have the. It feels very personal to Billy aspect to it. This song, I don't think. Is anyone ever aiming to be generic? Yeah. yeah, Coldplay, <laughs> Manic Street Preachers, who are who, who are aiming a lot of the time for what they call mass communication. Yeah, I guess so. I think I was totally but generic. I guess generic has a has a very negative slant. Doesn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I guess universal is probably better. Yeah. I think I was just totally seduced by the match thing. By the match oh, thing is very I get cool. The thing. Yeah, is me going. Oh, yeah, when yeah, we yeah, cover yeah. the documentary, you'll <laughs> yeah. see them recording like, yeah. it and, and talking about it and stuff. I, yeah. I think also just the 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 way the, the harmony on burn just melts my entire life. Uh, it's wonderful. Just that that uh, on uh, the other oh on burn. Sorry, yeah, I thought it was about the burn. other version of this song, <laughs> which yeah. is absolute chef's kiss. And I and yeah, I just think. Uh, so a standout for you, but a, a low light for me yeah. and Lucas, which maybe. happens a lot. It, it does. It, it does. It's a very, yeah. very common thing. We, we all have different opinions. Wait, wait. All the do time, you guys not but... like this one as much? Same, 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 no. same, same. Oh, okay. Cool. But we, you know, we'll often have different like opinions. Me. But it's, it is quite common that one that Maine had to like rate particularly low mm. is one that Steve rates particularly high. Is a surprisingly common occurrence. I, I wonder if there is a connection that they are often the more obvious universal songs. Mm. They're the ones that you think I'd like more. Yeah. Because mm. yeah. I'm, the, I'm the noob. Yeah. I mean, I'm done with this song. Are we done with this yeah. song? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, this, is, this, this and Anne Byrne, I literally have been, I've started skipping. How many times listening to this, if you're listening to it in headphones, maybe from your phone or whatever, did you think your phone was ringing? Oh, yeah. Because it got me like a few times, I think. Hey, leave a message. Hey, call me back when you get this. 
to know which bit of the song to play i mean i'm gonna have to come out halfway through the chorus because th- this song is like it's the showbiz method it's the same song just like twice in a row um i really i really like this steve bait why is steve bait it's twee in it it is it's very twee it, that, it's very that's twee. billy on the ukulele and when i think of twee i think of yeah steve. i do think it's deep and uh, it, play, it plays <laughs> with another genre which is kind of like twee folk which maybe you weren't expecting from this ep no, and I, but I like how it, it it shows off in her first EP that that's sort of where her musicalness started. Yeah, 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 and 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 that she can do a bunch of things. We've gone from hip hop yes. to sort of like three four jazz to piano ballad to kind of folk. To your, but that by the way, don't that wasn't a diss because I like the song a lot. It's very sweet. It's it's but lovely. it's but it, it's sweet, it, it, and it's, it's funny. Got, it's got Steve written all over it. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not. It's fine. Like it's good. Oh, but it's not like I oh my god, this, this is Steve. A girl on a ukulele with a little xylophone in the background. No, I'm not into I just that. Think of, well, I don't know what you That's think. Steve I think all of Steve. over. Anyway, <laughs> Steve all over. Um, yeah, it's um, all over me. Um, it's oh, yeah. what's what's lovely about the intro with the the leaving the message thing is how it it slowly comes out of that telephone noise mm. into and it's it's becomes so clear it's literally like being underwater and then coming out um and I, I just thought that was clever it didn't just i mean that's just because production form meets function yeah um, right i mean the whole thing is just an answer phone message that she's leaving and it starts sounding like an answer phone and then comes yeah. out as as the story becomes more and more clear you know she's, she's just, i think it's a very clever lyric actually yeah it's uh, it's funny. I do, yeah. It it's funny, but it's also it's that it's that conversational thing that we were talking about. Yeah. One, it's funny to break up with someone on their answer phone on their birthday. Yes, yeah. Uh, and and it's even funnier to kind of go like, um, I hate to do this to you on your birthday. Happy birthday, by the way. Yeah, the lyrics are funny. Yeah. On this one. <laughs> and it's those like fuck. It's just those great conversational lyrics. But then the use of the metaphor as a party favor which is something trivial that you kind of throw away after the party. And the mm. narrator is saying that they aren't that. So it's kind yeah. of another heartbreak song, but it's kind of through a different lens. That I, I think there's just some really nice lyrical yeah. turns of phrase. The conversational, it, you know? yeah. Like the, um, it's not you, it's me and all that other bullshit. It's so conversational. You know that's bullshit, don't so you? Like, you know, you, you get it, you get yeah, it. Yeah. 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 And the narrator yeah. stops herself. She says, we really need to talk. Wait, you know what? Maybe just forget it, because by the time you get this, your number might be blocked. Brilliant. Those Great. aren't like you would just write that, like you wouldn't even write it down usually. You just say it. I, I think that's a really clever piece of writing. Yeah. Also, I like it when artists, um, I think I mentioned this on the Manic season, I do like it when an artist breaks the fourth wall on their own song mm. and she references 
like you mishear all my songs. Yes, exactly. kind of doing that fourth yeah, wall yeah. breaking thing of of referencing the fact that she is a musician and this is a song that she is writing. I mean, th- there's some great metaphors in in that in that lyric, like in that section of the lyric as well. Like, I know we could have done better, but we can't change the weather when the weather's come and gone. Is it's just good writing. Well, well done. <laughs> Officially, a little round of applause. Oh, yeah. Is that like, is that like the Hollywood this. handshake in Bake Off? It is, is okay. yeah. It's like the poor yeah, Hollywood handshake. So the, the yeah. Great British Bake Off uh, is is called. I think it's called you don't the need Great. I think it's called the Great British Baking Show uh, don't in America. Need to explain this. No, I think it's called the, I think great... the Great British Bake Off. Is a. I think the Great British Bake Off is a worldwide so they know all about like baking the cakes and everything but who's they why are you suddenly assuming that all of our audience are american teenage girls <laughs> what happens though if you eat too much cake you get uh oh uh, indigestion song that kind of starts with this like ethereal vocal and then kind of morphs into a latin folk inspired pop mashup before it just turns into like a massive club banger that bass gives me a bellyache to use the parlance of the age group that listens to it's swag yeah it's uh it slaps it it does slap yeah it does yeah Yeah. it sounds like a proper house track in the chorus yeah it's really good definitely the best thing on this whole thing yeah yeah? i think that's i think that's probably true which is weird because the songs i've responded to less on this whole collection is the more poppy sort of ones and i've actually responded very strongly to like the more mellow really nice like melodic songs mm. and this one's not one of them but it's just it's just a bom, bom, bom. <laughs> well, it's very it's... percussive like even yeah. the lyrics are very percussive like the use of the word like gutter and fake yeah, yeah i mean and stuff like that but it starts you like you said it, it's got that classical guitar with the rhythm and yeah. then like the um, yeah like you said latin yeah and it's about it's about a serial killer. It's about a serial killer. Yeah, she's definitely yeah. killed her lover and her friends. They're in the back of her car. Yeah, Wait. they're in the back of the car. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. And then she said, uh, "It's kind of funny." 
Yeah. She finds it kind of funny that she's killed her lover, left his body in the gutter, and has a bunch of her friends piled in the back of her car. Yeah. And then I was like, she's like, oh, I've got a stomachache now. Like, like yeah. that's what she's worrying about. That's what I like about it. It's like, oh, I've got well, ah, as well. Wow, that's interesting. That's a really interesting take. And that would make it even funnier, like yeah. that she's worried about having a stomachache. She says it's that knot of guilt. Oh, uh, okay. I thought it was. Uh, Okay. And is, is something Steve, that Steve she... Steve doesn't know Steve's never felt that. She's never felt guilt for his horrible actions. <laughs> <laughs> this has no consequences. I can do anything. So in this case, it's when she kills her lovers and friends. In her actual case, it's, it's a feeling that she's familiar with. It's when she used to steal her friend's toys on occasion. She'd <gasps> get like a stomachache from feeling uh, guilt. I did that once. At, what did you do? At my childminder's house. I went through a little bit of a no. very small kleptomania phase. Where really? I, I stole like a gold, a golden, a, go, a golden Power Rangery type Gun. thing, and my mum found oh, yeah. it, and she was like, "What's this? This is from your childminder's house." And I was like, "No, oh, no, no, you bought me that." She's like, "No, I didn't." And it was the worst uh, feeling ever. And I had to take I it stole back from and a shop apologize. Once. And that you explains from a why. Shop? Every, uh, and that mm. is everything about you now, Steve. That explains all of your life. I've, to- I've told the story of when I when moment. that kid dropped all his Pokemon cards, and I picked one up and put it in the drawer. In, in my drawer no. in the classroom. It was just some oh shit Pokemon Steve, card. And then, like, insane. later, like, the guilt was burning me up inside. It was like the, the beating heart under the floorboards. Like, my drawer was, like, shaking with this fucking ride on Pokemon card. I had to take it back to him because the guilt got too much. Wow. But you stole I took a small a dinosaur from a shop. Oh, God. Uh, my mum found it and made me take it back to the shop and apologise to the... I think I talked the, on this podcast... To the assistant. ...about the heist that I pulled at a shop when I was a, when I was a Oh, the 20 grand boy. from the bank. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> go on yeah what you know like okay so you know if you go to a standard like corner shop just a standard your bog standard corner shop yeah, so standard corner. Corner. for the americans that's like your 7-elevens <laughs> yeah. it yeah, might be smaller like a, though smaller smaller no, not like a bodega Ind- independent you're all days anyway <laughs> why are we why are we assuming that we suddenly have to pander to american people <laughs> so much pissing you off and it's funny um the uh you know, you get like like sweets. Uh, that's candy. Yeah, candy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Um, and obviously, they come in like a big box, right? There's a big box, and like they rip open the top of it, and in that is like fifty packs of fruit pastels. Yeah. Right. No. What, you did, uh, do you take a whole one and sell we, it? At we we basically had a had a we each had our role. There's four of us in the heist that right. ultimately ended, resulted in someone picking up the entire fifty box of fruit pastels, wow. putting it in his rucksack, and leaving the shop. Wow, and what were the and other three roles? And then, and then, in, and then in school the next day, and then in school the next day, we sold them to people. Oh my god, wow. this is like Ocean's Eleven. <laughs> yeah, were, were three uh, of you dressed uh, up as a SWAT team, yeah. and you all had my, like bags and stuff. My role was to distract the shopkeeper. I, and like, whose role was it to replace the CCTV with footage, as though you were just stood around do, yeah. not doing anything? Just stood around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we mo- what we, did was we mocked up the shop in a in like a warehouse. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He noticed yeah. later because he realised he had the floor redone, and, and you had the little Asian guy who was going between the aisles. Right, he was like. Yeah. backflipping yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. i remember this heist it was on the news yeah. uh there is a reference to v for vendetta yeah uh in this song uh 2005 film billy eilish would have been four when it came out just to add just a little little additional piece of thing uh where's my mind pixies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. cool uh <laughs> We have talked about it a lot. It was her first uh, thing that she ever put out onto SoundCloud. It appears on this EP as the seventh track, right? We're on track seven. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, where it all sort of started. This is Ocean Eyes. Ocean Eyes. 
for some time Can't stop staring at those ocean eyes Burning cities and napalm skies Fifteen flares inside those ocean eyes Your ocean Another song with lots of air and space mm. and atmosphere. Atmosphere, yeah. So, Steve, you're, you really like it. Absolutely Lucas, you it. think it's fine? I think it's Adam fine. I it. think it's, it's fine. The... Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah. yeah. Steve, you're, you're out, you're out on your little island yeah. there again. My little island. His little island. Island. In the ocean. Eilish. Eilish. Again, no, like, 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 unquestionably lovely. We should get stickers that say Eilish. Fuck's sake. To well, the that's podcast, the new, that's the, right? That's the like, t-shirt. That's the first t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. Wait, Lucas, um, remember your heist like in the last song we talked about? Ocean I-11? Oh, <laughs> right. Yeah! Like, yeah! It's, it's, un- it's, unquestion- it's unquestionably lovely. Her voice is great. Yeah, it's it's nice. nice. It's melodic. Yeah. But yeah, it kind of doesn't really do anything for me. I've got, the, I've got very little notes about this because I didn't really have much to say. I have a lot Just of notes, nice. but they're mostly technical. So she was 13 when this when she sang this well that's young which I think <laughs> it's like incredible um, well no no it's not we shouldn't judge based oh, on the I'm age sorry, no, it's boring so, yeah. no, it's boring it's boring it's dull but I also think I mean it's clearly the oldest thing on the EP and I think it's very clearly one of the first things that they did together right it feels not as developed as some of the other songs uh, on the uh, on the on the on the record, I think that plays to its strength a bit. I think it would have been really easy to make this song really complicated, maybe having loads of swelling strings and choirs because it's a because it's a quite uh, pretty and beautiful well beautiful song. Um, but it remains relatively simple, and it does cut out where it, and, it, and it just leaves that uh, room for air. I keep using the word air, um, but it does have these little weird noises here and there, and it's like hello. Um, so it's still got those sort of it, that peppered through it, but I think I think what it, it plays to its strength is the lack. Of, like the last bellyache was is dense in a good way, of course, like just chock full. But this is just well, it it's got the word ocean in it, but that's that is the kind of imagery I get is kind of calm, clear turquoise waters from this song. Um, well, I mean, yeah, I, that there's you know I. It's difficult not to imagine blue eyes. Well, yeah, uh, when, when <laughs> yeah. she's singing, uh, like, and, and I suppose, I suppose that's what I maybe am, am, am sort of responding to is that there's sort of some very complex ideas in songs like Bellyache, which is about a serial killer, and I don't want to be anymore, which is about you know like feelings of of depression and, and all that stuff. And this seems to be literally just like I am looking into someone's eyes and, and I love nice. them, yeah, which is actually quite nice. It, it feels like a very small moment in time, just sort of stretched into like slow motion. Which I think, you know, yeah, maybe the song does sort of fit that. It, interestingly, the composition, the arrangement is designed specifically for a dance. 
it's to match a, a style of dance which is lyrical contemporary choreography because this was something that Billy was going to dance to. So the fact that it meets its peak in the middle and then comes down the other side is something you see a lot in dance mm. where the most complicated, most uh, expressive moves will be in the middle of a dance and then it will fade back down again. Yeah, which is interesting because I think this song has about a million remixes which would completely turn that on its head wouldn't it yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 it does there's a whole ep of remixes yeah. of this song uh, yeah made, what official like made by like sanctioned by her yes yeah 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 we won't get into so, lots of all the eps there's loads of live eps as well so that means this is kind of known for being like it's a big song for her this was her first song this is the one that went viral like overnight on soundcloud but the fact that it now has like eps about it i'm guessing like, yeah this is like one of she still play it live now sort of thing because it's like a big I song i don't for her. know about now she definitely did on the tour for her first album uh yeah it's um, um it's, it's interesting how you say you think of blue eyes when you think of ocean eyes i think of brown ones because we live on the south coast of england <laughs> yeah well i think of eyes with like <laughs> just lots of like rubbish floating yeah, in trolleys and, and kind stuff. of like that's a little which like, is a shopping sort of, cart and that sort yeah, of brownie that sort of brown froth yeah you know, yeah, you yeah. green sea yeah. foam yeah. lovely that's a little actual this joke is probably there, the most uh the most diy of of the bunch uh you know what once she was signed and everything there would have been a bit more of a budget for gear and time to play around with instruments the vocals on this were recorded on uh, a microphone called the audio technica at 2020 which is the microphones that me and steve are talking into oh, no right now uh, and um all of the instruments are just stock instruments on logic there it's all just midi well no playing that. around with presets you know it's not like ghetto. They could afford Logic instead of Garage Band. So, yeah. You can yeah, pirate that. Pretty... You can pirate that. Yeah. It appeared on the soundtrack to the 2017 film Everything, Everything, which oh. I haven't seen and I don't know what it's about. It's about everything. <laughs> Twice. Worth mentioning then. Absolutely worth mentioning. <laughs> Hostage. <laughs> I want to be alone. Alone with you, does that make sense? I wanna steal your soul And hide you in my treasure chest I don't know what to do To do with your kiss on my neck As originally empty. released, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, lots of space in this, isn't there? There's a lot of gaps between, with nothing yeah. in. Do you know what I mean? So there's a line, and there's like nothing, and then the line goes. Like they didn't fill those gaps. Yeah, it's it's also very delicate, but the the bass is kind of mm. as it builds, uh, and it builds 
very slightly. Yeah. There's not like yeah. a huge build-up yeah. in this song. Uh, it kind of brings out the more sinister nature of the song, I think. It holds a lot of tension for that reason, that it slowly mm. builds but never explodes into anything. You know, you, that, that song, again, you, you'd have the temptation for it to turn into this giant thing at the end well the the, the phoebe bridges yeah. i know the end trick uh the billy yeah happier than yeah. ever trick um lucas uh, one thing i know about you is that you love a, a big ending a big dramatic it doesn't have to be, doesn't, doesn't be big but it has to be substantial it has to be significant yeah so what are your feelings at the fact that this wraps up the ep not a big fan interesting not a big fan of the song uh, in general, or just not a big fan yeah, of the Yeah, exactly, placement. in general. For, for, for me, it's a shame because it means the EP sort of peters out after Bellyache because I'm not Ocean Eyes as... Ocean? Mm. Ocean Eyes as Saying it's front heavy. Sorry, I, know, I, d- I don't want to like interrupt you or anything, but um, who is Peter Sout? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck's sake. I'm Peter Sout? <laughs> He's Geordie. <laughs> Peter Sout? Why is he Geordie? Uh, Geordie is someone who is from Newcastle, which is in the north of our country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... The yeah, it just kind of peters out because Ocean Eyes is fine, and and Hostage is probably my probably my low point apart from the annoyance of Watch. Sure, um, <laughs> and so yeah, it's a bit like oh, that's a bit that's a bit just kind of. And as is tradition, I could not agree with you any less. Because <laughs> um, you love a you love a quiet ending to an no, album, no, I don't, I don't love a quiet or a loud ending. You I like a thematically a appropriate ending to an album, and this just perfectly sums up the EP for me. An EP that has been exploring darker sides of relationships or you know the sinister side of love and this is a sad song about loving so one so much you want to keep them as a hostage or a prisoner (laughs) i'll build a wall and give you a ball and chain just let me hold you like a hostage we've all done it we've all all, done it we've all all just like locked someone in a bathroom and gone you're not leaving that's the only way you could steal those sweets wasn't it when you said you distracted the guy i locked locked him in the bathroom (laughs) i just love that that it that it ends on uh another genre because we had twee folk and then this is kind of more of a sad folk kind of kind of thing there's a lot of range on this ep i think Considering it's only an EP, it's only short. It's got a lot of like. Is it an EP? I mean, let's talk well, about the EP yeah. in general. Let's talk about the EP in general. Uh, the only thing I would say is really nice about this song, though. Sorry to interrupt. Is that again the dueling vocals between the two oh, of yeah. them? Very nice. Uh, yes. Kiss. I think yeah, it's they, because they, they're, they're related. There must be something genetic. It's genetic. There. It's got good, a really yeah. good point, Aaron. <laughs> Thank That's you. a really gonna, good point. I'm edit out wait, the previous wait, mention of it. Because that's I a really wrote. good point. <laughs> <laughs> How does it hold together as like a singular piece for you, the EP? Um, I don't think it really does hold together as a as a. Oh, uh, I agree, but I, I think yeah. I quite that's quite its charm. Is it, it is uh, it, it, well? I'm doing this, it, 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 it. but what it is doing is showcasing her range of what she could do. So therefore, oh, there's a lot of promise on this EP. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, there's a lot of showcasing. Isn't yeah. There? yeah, and also it's also is it also indicative of like I'm not 100 percent certain what I'm going to be yet. So I'll here's a lot of options. And we'll see which one of these I follow up on, sort of thing. Yeah. Well, I think I think that this this is what it is, which is a collection of previously released singles. Yeah, where she yeah. has been like stabbing at different things, and it just it's here that they are collected. Uh, guys, let, let's is this an EP or is this an album? I think it's, it's neither, which it's is so annoying. It's compilation. 
It's a compilation. Do do we give it a score? Uh, but that means we can't include the extended songs, nor can we include Don't Smile. Sorry, nor can we include Six Feet Under, nor can we include Bored. Okay. And I'll be honest, I've just been listening to all of this as one big chunk. So when you said, does it hold together? Yeah. I've been listening to all of it, including the the, the, other, the bonus tracks and the two singles. In that case... All as one big chunk. And so... Shall we honour the artistic in, in, intention of that it's an ep and yeah. we won't give it an official score yeah also we haven't done that with the like first episode sort of stuff we did the last sure but they're, they're four tracks instead of you know what eventually becomes 11 we did, we, we did more than that of muse we did like six i think i think we did four my friend i think we did 12 mm. give me your highlights and your lowlights though just pick like one or two of each wait, wait but I'm, i ha- it's only in don't from yeah. those eight yes oh you absolute fuck. well i'm gonna go then while you think <laughs> yeah go on, ocean Steve. eyes and watch that's top okay. as low lights. Yeah, I completely agree. My lowest, yeah, I completely my lowest agree. songs, <laughs> bottom, like copycat and my boy. Maybe like I love the miserableness of a lot of the album. These songs were like, yeah, good, but not as not as good as the others. Maybe that didn't hold me as much. Maybe maybe that was it. I'll put my lowest as uh, as my boy uh, and watch. Sorry, Steve. I just think it's slightly too generic to break angry. out. Um, my favourites are probably... I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, and... Oh... Do you know Bellyache? I really Ooh. like Bellyache. That, that sort of like... That chorus just really, really uh, rubs my nub. Mm, yeah. Um, my lowest would be... Do we need to explain rubs your nub for American no, audiences? No. If, okay, cool. if people want to know, go back and listen to the thousands of hours of our podcast and find the reference. Uh, my lowest would be watch... Um, because it's shit and <laughs> it's, <not laughs> it's annoying. I, I don't know which is more of an insult, saying it's shit or saying it's annoying. Yeah. Shit's annoying. shit sounds yeah. worse, I think. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, and I think you're annoying, probably, and I think you're shit are two very different uh, yeah. things. And probably hostage because I was a bit whatever with it. I just kind of shrugged sure, at it. Sure. Uh, top, same as Adam, bellyache. Lovely. And I don't want to be... I don't want to be right. oh, right. Great. For completely different reasons. Fantastic. What I want to be more lovely, melodic, lovely, beautiful, soft and lovely. And bellyache fucks. It fucks and it's like Amazing. Amazing. Um, uh, bit of an interesting release, uh, this EP, the, the initial one anyway, because the EP actually reached number 14 on the US Billboard 200, but it didn't do that until January 2019, about a year and a half after it was released. So it was a bit of a, a sleeper hit, but it was generally sort of well-received critically. Now, all of this is going to be quite confusing and go quick, okay? October 2017 saw her go out on the Don't Smile At Me tour. It was her first tour, and I believe the first date of that tour was her second ever show. Okay. So sure. there you go. Yeah. Uh it took in 10 cities in the US and one in Canada over a couple of weeks. The room were about 300 to 400 people in capacity. And right after that tour finishes, she announces another tour. Okay, here is where things get a bit nebulous. Okay, so pay attention. <coughs> Bitches Broken Hearts is released on SoundCloud only on November the 10th, 2017. And we're not going to talk about it yet. And Burn was released on December 15th, 2017. And it's a remix of Watch featuring a verse from Vince Staples. Uh, there's not loads to talk about, uh, but let's hear a little bit of it. Go ahead and watch my heart burn With the fire 
Mm. Down on my knees, but that was made for a ring. I try to wait for the storm to calm down, but that stubborn bitch be leading the war. We drawn down on each other. Full disclosure, I'm pre predisposed to love this because I fucking love Vince Staples. I've seen him live a couple of times. He's put out one of my favorite albums of the year this year. Uh, I'm assuming you guys don't love that. I prefer it to watch. Yeah, I prefer it to the original watch as I well. Don't, I, I don't like this version. Um, I just think that, that that his verse is good, but not on this song. I think it's just really rammed in there for the sake of it. I don't think it fits. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, that's where, why you get someone me, in to do a verse. Yeah. yeah. Whereas for whereas for me, it it's something to it's add something. to what I consider a boring song. Yeah. A boring, repetitive song. So it's like, oh, it's something different. That's better. It's also it's, it's, it's also a different vocal take yeah, with like slight melody changes. Um, and it's you know it's a, it's got a more overt hip hop influence and not to spoil anything I think the journey from Watch to this to the first album is pretty linear. Oh really? Oh. I think that this is a halfway point between what she's doing on Watch and what she ends up doing on the first album. Well, that potentially worries me because a lot of the stuff I've responded to on this has been the more melodic, mm. sort of gentle. She can do uh, both though. Get yourself a girl Adam, that can do both. <laughs> Adam. Yeah. Who's Vince Staples? He's a CEO uh, well, Steve, of Staples. Steve, Steve very correctly pointed out that it sounds like someone from uh, Toast of London. Yeah, he does. Uh, like that name, Vince Staples. He's yeah. a rapper. He's great. He's really good. Uh, I've seen him a couple of times at festivals and stuff, and he's fantastic. Take my Fair. word for it. Uh, um, British, American, American. American, American. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that vocal take. And if you're in America, American means uh, you're from America. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> That song is then included on the first re-release of the EP, which is called Don't Smile At Me, December reissue. Yeah. <laughs> it was released on Catchy. December 22nd, 2017, so only a few months after the first one came out. The EP is now at nine tracks, and this is the standard version on Spotify. You could, the, 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 like the, the most standard version on Spotify is the one with Anne Byrne at the end of it. So it's got the same song on it twice. That's annoying. At, on February 14th, 2018, she sets out on the Where's My Mind tour. Now, this is over triple in size to her first tour. It takes 26 dates over seven weeks in both North America and her first shows in Europe. The London date is in a very cool venue called Heaven, uh, and she plays the major capitals in Europe, things like Paris, Stockholm, Amsterdam, Brussels, Berlin, before doing major cities in the US and a couple in Canada. The shows on the entirety of the tour, both in Europe and in America, are between 1,000 and 2,000 people in capacity, so that's quite the step up. Um, you know that's over quadruple the size including somewhere she goes back to the same venue as she did on her first tour but plays the bigger rooms you know how some venues have two rooms one for smaller artists one for bigger artists Uh, while she's on tour Bitches Broken Hearts is officially released as a standalone single uh, on March the 30th 2018 so let's hear that Pretend you don't care All you wanna do is kiss me Oh, what a shame I'm not there You can pretend you don't miss me You can pretend you don't care All you wanna do is kiss me
Those little like yeah, the down tuned uh, little vocal chops. <laughs> uh, do you know what? This is remarkably chill. It's very chill. This sounds like something that you would find on one of Lucas's uh, Lo- lo-fi beats. Lo-fi to beats to study. Relaxed it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's yeah, jazzy, like it. right? It kind of lays back into that alt electronic jazz sort of vibe. Yeah, I like the beat. I love beats. Just real fun. Ah, Not fun. Real, just yeah. Just real, sit there. real mellow. And, and that's sort of all you can really say about it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, very uninteresting. Kind of a bit of fluff. Um, yeah. Although it has got like this weird little. Uh, Little tired, no, like clips of like uh, crowd noise, like people talking. Yeah, um, just little things that keep you interested in listening to the song. I, yeah, I call them then, the bleeps and bloops. Then you look yeah. into the lyrics, and then you've got everybody knows you and I are suicide and stolen art. Pretty mama, so oh. stitching into all your bitches' broken hearts. Is this the manic? Such a good lyric. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very, but yeah, like that is you and I are suicide. Stolen art is like, the manic. Like, oh, okay, is that is yeah. a very manic line. Yeah, yeah I have yeah. that highlighted. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I don't have a lot to say about this. I'm just gonna have a look at the lyrics. I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah, that's quite cool. <laughs> anyway. and like even yeah. with like I, what I find is even with Billie Eilish's like most generic or you know least like most lightweight songs there's always something that's like you can pick out that's 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 quite interesting mm. do you know what i mean like n- there's there's no songs that are a complete lost cause even for watch which i really don't like that much at least you can go like well the fucking percussion is a match being a lit match. so that's pretty and cool she says did you know <laughs> so this is the other co-write um the production and writing was shared with emmett fenn who was primarily like a jazz piano composer and is probably responsible for the chords and the nice sort of piano outro at the end that sort of uh, sort of comes in if you're from america piano is an instrument with great it's like, it's like stringed <laughs> it's actually a stringed instrument with uh, keys with hammers that hit the strings and that's creates the noise after that single was released in fact just a few weeks after that single was released lovely was released as the lead single for season two of 13 reasons why on April the 19th, 2018. Thought I found a way Thought I found a way Home. 
it's orchestral and it's dramatic and it has those beautiful male and female harmonies and so it must be Lucas's absolute shit. It's my absolute yeah, it's shit. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. All over. That's my first thing. Yeah. Absolute Lucas bait I've written there. Absolute <laughs> Lucas bait, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, they've, they, they've just, it's very, also a good way to name a song is just to go, describe the song. Yeah. Lovely. It's lovely. <laughs> Featuring so, DJ Colin. Yeah? No, what? this is Khalid. Oh. <laughs> so is he the is he the male voice throughout? He like, is. At no point is oh, it is it. A, um, it's not Phineas. Phineas. No. He's voice. a hip hop and neo soul artist, and he's got an he's amazing. Got a, he's voice. got a love butter. Voice. Incredible. What's also cool is they get another artist on, but it's still just them hanging out at the family home and recording in a bedroom. Love it. Khalid yeah. just went to Billy's mum and dad's house to record this. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's absolutely lovely. Oh, it's just mm. very Bond again. Yeah. It is very yeah, Bond. Yeah, bondy. it is. Yeah. They're, they're, the way their harmonies work together, but they're not related, which is interesting. So, the, 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 Oh, that the is interesting. There's no genetic thing. But well, maybe the family if you go back home, far they, enough. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but they kind of harmonise yeah. against those string swells as well when they go up. Oh, God, it just blends into like a big yeah, melty, lovely mess. It's really, and, the, and then the way it all sort right of, it builds and builds and builds and then it just disappears so that Billy can do the isn't it lovely thing on her own. Oh, it's it's lovely. Well, it's lovely. What? Yeah, it's it's probably it probably is one is my my favorite one out of all this. If yeah, we it's definitely up there. If, I think. Yeah. If you'd let me choose from all of them and not yeah. just the yeah, songs, Adam. If you'd let him, would, it would it would it would have been it would have been belly. Well, I didn't things. let you. Didn't let you. you just um, let him. What year is this? Uh, this is April twenty eighteen. Oh, so who ripped off who then? Because um, <laughs> vocal melody for bits of uh, the her parts. Mm. Really make me think of uh, God is a Woman by Ariana Grande. Interesting. Really? I don't know that song enough off the top of my head God to uh, really comment on it. And there's a. Is that not it? I don't know the song very well. Yeah, yeah I don't know the song I'm, really at all. I just know it exists and I know it well enough to recognise and to go, oh, there's some similarity mm. there. <laughs> so we, we all agree that that song is lovely, both it's in lovely. name and in nature. Yes. Name yeah, and nature. Yeah. I mean, strings, my old friend. Yeah, yeah. The strings are real, by the way. They're provided oh, by nice. uh, Madison Leinster, who is a YouTube instrumental musician. And when I was researching her... Uh, she appears to have been at one point very well known in the YouTube community and has now completely disappeared. There is no trace of her. Physically? There is a YouTube channel, a Twitter and an Instagram that all have no posts and have basically been locked down. So if anybody knows what what's going on there, like I couldn't I couldn't find anything. There you go. Uh it seems to be broadly about dealing with depression, which kind of I guess, you know, they would have been writ like uh hired on commission to specifically write something for 13 Reasons Why, season two. So I imagine that marries up to the content of the show. Couldn't tell you. Great. So, (laughs) (laughs) three days after that comes out, Party Favour from the EP is released as a single on April 21st, 2018 for that year's Record Store Day, which means seven of the eight original tracks were singles. Then, on July 11th, 2018... A music video is released for Hostage from the original EP. It's not technically an official single, but because YouTube streams count towards certification, it does go platinum in the US, which is over a million copies sold. However, it does not chart. Now, (laughs) okay, guys, we thought Hullabaloo was complicated. Well, I did. (laughs) Technically, the campaign for the first album begins here 
on July 18th with the single release of You Should See Me in a Crown, but we're not there yet, so we're ignoring it. It's another one of those things where five singles from the first album had been released by the time that the album was actually out, uh, which absolutely does not fit with our old-school way of looking at music releases on this podcast. Uh, And then again on October 17th, she releases When the Party's Over as a single, but shut up about it because (laughs) we're not done with the first EP Move on, will you? (laughs) On December the 12th, 2018 don't smile at me expanded edition is released and it collects those other two nebulous tracks so now and burn lovely and britches broken hearts are included on the ep this version of the ep is now 11 tracks long any thoughts on that version of the ep well that's an album now i think it's 11 tracks in 35 minutes and 16 seconds yeah. and includes those three songs that we just talked about i mean I, i'm I, that's an album yeah that's an album i don't it is isn't it really that, yeah that's not really like it, that is just some songs stuck on the end of some songs. It is. It's some, I mean, some if you think about that, it's any fucking yeah. album, isn't it? I think but, it's basically released to kind of draw a line under the EP era, yeah. but also capitalise on the success of the singles that will feature on the album that have just come out, Yeah. even though we're not covering them right now. But so, mm. to be clear, right, mm-hmm. grab, grab like a pen and paper or yeah, something okay. and do this as well if you're listening at home. The EP comes out August 11th, 2017. It is then reissued in December of that year with the remix included. It is then reissued again over a year after its initial release with two extra tracks, three extra tracks when compared to the original version, but the original version is no longer available. It's either the December reissue or the expanded edition. In between those extra singles being released and the expanded edition being released, two other singles are released, but they're from an album that is yet to come out and isn't the expanded edition of this EP. Every track was released as a single at one point, except Hostage, which only had a music video, and the two singles we just mentioned don't count towards this bit of it also in november 2018 she released a single called come out and play which was written for a christmas apple advert but we're not doing that bit yet either okay yeah that makes sense great in january 2019 don't smile at me no now you've lost me you've lost me (laughs) january 2019 don't smile at me reached 1 billion streams just on spotify making her the youngest artist to top 1 billion streams on Spotify on a single project. She is 17 at that point, and that's where we will leave it. We're going to leave it at January 2019, even though next week we're going to start in July 2018. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got it. But guys, the most important thing, all of that that we just talked about and we heard and we discussed and we mentioned and we listened to, was that music... Yeah. Everything except for the chorus of Watch was. Okay. Usually at this point, we would read out some emails from the listeners. We've not had any emails uh, about Billie Eilish uh, or anything yet, so do make sure you send those in. Because so we I haven't started releasing these Yeah, podcasts. we haven't released it. Oh, no, sorry, these are live. It's January. It's January. 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 Yeah, so that brings us to the end of another episode. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Our next episode is out next Monday, and we're going to begin our two-part coverage of Billie's debut album, When We All Fall Asleep, Where Do We Go?, uh, but until then, it's your turn to come and talk to us. So come and find us on our social media. Let us know what you think of Don't Smile At Me, of this episode, of anything we've talked about today. We love hearing from you all. You can find us on Twitter at WhatIsMusicPod. Instagram is at WhatIsMusicPod. TikTok is at WhatIsMusic due to a clerical error. And if you'd like to send in something a little bit longer, maybe have us read out on the show where that gap that I mentioned was just now, you can email us, WhatIsMusicPod at gmail.com. Um, 
There is also like a couple of ways that you can support us other than listening if you would like to. One is to buy our merchandise. If you go to whatismusicpod.redbubble.com, you will find some stupid designs and also one cool one. And I think we'll have some Billie Eilish specific stuff up now. And if you just don't want any of the merch, you want to check us a couple of quid, you can go to coffee.com, which is ko-fi.com slash whatismusicpod. All donations are very gratefully received and go towards the running costs of the podcast. That about does it. Thanks again for listening. What the fuck is our sign-off? Oh, yeah. Um. Ocean buys. What is <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>